Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. No Jamie Rivers for a week. He's doing some traveling, so I'm going to have different co-hosts uh, throughout the course of the week, including Michelle Smallman, who joins us live from Bristol. She'll be with me the next two days. Michelle, how, how are you? What's going on, guys? Great to be with you. And she said, guys, so that's a tip-off. Uh, we got our guy Brad Thompson in studio <laughs> as well. What year is it right now? We've got Anthony Stalter, Michelle Smallman, Brad Thompson in the fast lane. 2015. Uh, yeah, at least. Michelle, at were least. you... I mean, That's you guys did some overlapping in the producing of the show. And yeah. Then, you know... You've grown up and look at you driving <laughs> look it at now. You guys. Doing such a great job. This is oh, going to be stop, fun today. Brad. So Brad Thompson, of course, Bally Sports Midwest. And Brad, why don't you go ahead, since Michelle Michelle and I are on the show as well, why don't you go ahead and tell the people what you said when you had to scoot a little closer to me. So normally Brad is uh, – Brad and I would be kind of on a on a, on an angle in the yeah, studio. Three mics, and let's say uh, Anthony would be on mic one since it's his show, nope, and we all know this. And I, I would be on what they would call mic three. Yes. So a Jamie, mic in between us. Jamie would be in the middle. Marsh is on the other side of the board. And, Brad, you uh, you got uncomfortable as you got closer to me. Why don't you tell everybody why? Well, I feel like uh, this could be taken the wrong way, but it's spot on. I said I don't want to be this close to Anthony because he speaks with his hands too much. Michelle, as a fellow Italian, how do you feel about that? Forget about it, Brad. Come on. <laughs> she just Come smacked on. the mic when she said it. She did. She totally hit it. Yep. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to do Cardinals, basically a Cardinal-heavy hour. BT's in, in with us for an hour. Look, He's got some traveling. I can talk about anything else, No, Anthony, it's not if true, If you think Brad. it's just all baseball. No. Because I've been watching the city. Okay, they're on a freaking roll. Yeah, they are. You kidding me? Sorry about top of the charts right now. Three and Mm zero. No risk it, no biscuit. They're just going after it. They've been great. Playing their soccer, loving balls off. Is doing yes. He's doing exactly what he told us his team was going to be. Him and Lutz. I mean, you're doing it. Nice work. Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) But that was great. That was was great. great. Jimmy G to your Raiders too. Golly, he is. uh, He is pretty. He is pretty. (laughs) You know, confirmed. I think that uh, I hope <laughs> that good looking man. I hope that Jimmy G is more than that, right? A lot of Vegas on the surface is very pretty, and then you get into oh, oh boy, oh, there's wow. some areas here. Wow, that are you've little got little sketchy daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. so you wonder, uh, you wonder if that's going to work. But he gets himself a three year deal, and yeah. uh, who knows? And where's where's your boy Aaron going to end up? Oh well, with I, I mean. Retirement, probably, because it's the, yeah, right. it's the Jets that are involved, right, Michelle? I mean, the, the New York football Jets, if they're, if any team's going to break their fan base's heart, it's going to be the Jets. 
For, sure. and, and, and really not to their to their doing either. I could see Aaron Rodgers going, ah, I'm just going to retire instead. And the Jets left with Zach Wilson and nobody else. But the problem is, guys, is that even though Aaron Rodgers loves to go on these darkness retreats and these 12-day cleanses and find himself, at the end of the day, he loves the power and attention. We have the latest report. Diana Rossini is on ESPN right now saying that Aaron Rodgers had provided the Jets his free agent wish list. Odell Beckham Jr., Randall Cobb among them. Guess who else is there? Alan Lazard. Hmm. Guess who the Jets are are working out the details with today? Alan Lazard. So it seems like Aaron Rodgers won the power he he wants to be able to craft this the way that he sees fit and the jets are more than happy to give him the reins yeah no kidding i just want to play gm no big deal for a year (laughs) and then i'll leave again and then you'll be you know in cap hell potentially also really quickly guys isn't it interesting that he wants so badly out of green bay but he wants to kind of get the band back together from green bay in another place (laughs) no kidding you know it's just uh i'll just take a little bit of green bay when you when you have a chance to move but you still move with friends and you can do so in an environment that just knows nothing but winning i mean why wouldn't you that's a good call do something like that they do play in the same stadium as the giants so that winning is typically Done in blue. Not sure. Not green. It trickles over. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what trickled in yesterday. A bunch of runs for the U.S. of A. That's why this is your show. That transition, right? <laughs> USA, 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 USA. Boy, that was a spanking of Canada. The Canadian not on the show today. Is Sorry anybody surprised? It. No. Is anybody surprised? Jamie magically takes the day off when his Canadian WBC team loses 12 to one. To the Americans. I don't think so. They had a little, little cough, maybe. Uh, yeah. Had some issues. They popped up late last night. It happens. A nine-run first inning is going to put a dent in anybody's chances. Yeah, that sucks. And that was a tall order. I believe the, the, the starter for Canada was like 19 years old. Like, kid, hang with him. See if you can get through a couple <laughs> he, of innings. He's actually a forward on the Canadian, like, junior <laughs> team, but... They're like, we need a pitcher. Yeah, so. not so much, but impressive. Uh, the Team USA does have their fate in their own hands. They play Columbia tomorrow night late. Hope people have been liking these late games. Nine o'clock start against Columbia. They win, they advance. So it's exciting, and it's exciting for us to watch Cardinals do it on the big stage. You look at it, Michelle. Nolan is tearing it up. Goldie's tearing it up. Two strong innings from Miles Michaelis. Look, the these guys are picking up, Michelle, it seems like right where they left off. Absolutely. And I know that there was a little bit of consternation about the WBC before spring training. Like, do do we want guys like Adam Wayne right there? Do we want him to be using himself no. uh, in that way before? <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching this, guys, and I think what better way to get uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt back to MVP form than to have them playing against the best talent in the world before the season starts. And Canada. I think that if, you, oh, if you're on. able to do that in Great Britain. Britain. Yeah. <laughs> With those uniforms. You mean just Grey say, Britain? Great Britain. Ah, they try hard. Do they? They Well, apparently they had a snafu with their with their jerseys. They weren't that, ready in time. That makes sense. You would think a couple of days into it they'd be ready in time. Like You could switch halfway through, but, mm. uh, hey, you know, if you're not going to play well enough to advance, why get new yeah, jerseys? Yeah, don't even worry about the jerseys at this point, Great Britain. It's money, probably. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's disappointing. Don't have a baseball team don't have uniforms uh but you guys talk about goldschmidt and arenado this 
this lineup, I hate to do the thing where it's like, well, they, they look great in spring training. It's automatically going to transfer over. But guys, they look great in spring training. I think it's going to transfer over. Are you talking about those two guys? I'm talking, no, I'm talking about the entire lineup at this point for the Cardinals. Who is not, let, let's, let's start here. Out of the potential starters for the Cardinals, who is not hitting well in, in either the WBC or spring training? Contreras, maybe? He hasn't even hit that much? Okay, well, that's... And you already know what he is. Yeah. He's a known quantity. Like, those are the ones you just don't, you don't really of, care about. Right. Outside of that, Lars Nupar has taken the world by storm. Everybody's got, grinding it over there in Japan now because of him. And I'm talking about the pepper shaker, Pepper shaker, obviously. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donovan, power surge. Dylan Carlson looks great. Jordan Walker looks like... Albert Pujol spring spring training 2.0. Jordan back in action today uh, again, so that's nice. Yeah, the slide the slide heard around the, the world there, no big deal. And then yeah, getting back to Arenado and Goldschmidt, those two guys. Goldschmidt won the MVP. Arenado was what third in MVP voting yep. last year. So let's let's dream a little bit, dreamers. Those two guys have MVP seasons for, again, in this Anthony, again in this offense. In this offense. They are this offense. They are this offense. But now you got protection. So outside of Pujols in the second half. Asking for them to have MVP seasons again seems like a lofty expectations. But I don't believe it is. I really don't. I mean, they, look how consistent. Look at these. Look at the back of their baseball card for their careers. They put up MVP-esque numbers. So I have no reason to believe even at, uh, what, Goldie's 35. Yeah, Nolan's 31, turning 32. Like, I get it. Father time is undefeated. These guys don't appear to be slowing down at all. So for 2023, I'm not concerned about them. The questions come in with everybody else in this lineup. Like, that's where it really is. This team is is good. This team is poised to win the division yet again. Uh, I see it being the two-team race. I believe that the Cubs will be better than many people expect. I think they'll fall off near the end of the season. I don't think they'll end up having the pitching depth. And I think the Brewers will probably end up trading a big piece. Maybe Corbin Burns. And I see it being, and not to the Cardinals. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> But I, I see it being that race. The question is, are all of these things that we're seeing in spring, will they be real? Will they come to fruition? And the one that everybody is the most interested about, I believe, and, and uh, Michelle, you, you know this from a national perspective, is the young Jordan Walker. Like, that seems like the key piece of this lineup is very good now can this kid make it great the question is do you believe the kid will be there on opening day initially i said no i thought that they because I did too. it was subjective right well if he has if he has a good spring training then he could make the opening day roster well that could mean anything it could be he hits over 400 or it could mean, ah, it's 285 and he looks good. He looked better than the rest. Right. He was the tallest short person. There you go. Yeah, you clean that up. Uh, sure did. You clean that up well. <laughs> but now I I think honestly it would be it would be a joke if he was left off the opening day roster. Assuming he's he's healthy. Do you feel that way, Michelle? Absolutely. Anthony, I think the last show I did with you, uh, Brad, I think you were a guest on that show as well. It was before spring training started. And I have been banging the start the clock for Jordan Walker if he looks the way we expect him to drum since before spring training started. Because not only do I want this guy to get to the majors, get the seasoning, but we talk about Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and them being MVP type players or MVP caliber players. I want Jordan Walker around these guys. I want him to learn how to be a winner. I want him 
him to just jump in the deep end. And based on what we're seeing from him so far, I don't know how you leave him off the roster. If he can, if he finishes out spring training healthy and the way that we've seen him so far, I think that Cardinals fans would go bananas if he was left off the opening day roster. Among the grapefruit leaders in pretty much every offensive category, he's got three home runs, three doubles. He's hitting 389. He's got a 722 slug. I mean, he's doing everything that you can want. By the way, he's made some really nice plays in the outfield. Mm-hmm. He's got, to, got a chance to be on the broadcast where he had one up against the wall that he caught. He had another one where he's coming in on a sinking liner, catching that thing on a slide, still transitioning to the outfield, but has done it well. Like, there's really nothing that you look at in his game right now and say, mm, you need the extra two weeks to work on your base running. Right. They're going to give him every single opportunity in the next couple of weeks to fail. And I say to fail because, like, you've already proven that you can be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep giving, giving that chance. Because I, I still think that they would probably love to be able to go out there and say, man, Newt's tearing the cover off the ball. He's going to be great. He's great in Japan. He comes back. He's awesome. Tyler O'Neill's had some very good moments. You bring him back. He's good. D.C., we're seeing everything go in the right direction. Right. They would love to be able to roll with those three guys as just your outfielders, and you still might be able to do it. Opening day right now, if I'm penciling in the the order, I got Jordan Walker as my DH. Mm-hmm. Like that, That's how I would be piecing together opening day. But he's going to get every chance to make this team, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, there's no way you can keep him off. That's Brad Thompson, Michelle Smallman, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What is the current state of the pitching now for the Cardinals? Because as much as we get excited about the offense – there are still some questions slash concerns when it comes to the pitching staff. I want to ask Brad about what's going on with the lefties, too, in the bullpen, because that, that seems to be kind of a roster crunch as well. We'll get into all that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman and Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's talk uh, pitching. We spent a lot of time, first segment, talking about the offense, and I don't think there's any doubt that everybody's excited about the offense from uh, the Cardinal standpoint. But when it comes to the pitching, that is where your questions lie. That are That is where your concerns lie. Let's start off with Adam Wainwright, who continues to be a little polarizing coming off of last year's struggles and then the first first two times you saw him this year. One time in spring training, didn't look good, velocity was down, but they talked about the injuries and maybe him making progress despite the fact that the numbers weren't there. And then he pitches game one of the WBC, and he was competitive. He's four innings, one run allowed, it was a home run, that was it. I think he struck out four. But all anybody could talk about was the velo being down. Michelle, as a diehard Cardinals fan that is a big believer in Adam Wainwright, where's your concern level about Waino? Right now, not very high. I expect Adam Wainwright to find a way to figure it all out. This guy knows his body. He knows where he needs to be. Yes, I understand a little bit of concern with the velo being down, but to me, guys, the concern with Adam Wainwright heading into this season, just the same as it's been the last, what, three seasons plus, is can he sustain it throughout the year? I'm not worried about him in the beginning of the year. To me, it's more will he be the Adam Wainwright we hope and expect him to be at the end of the season slash playoff time. Michelle kind of went the home 
Homer route. BT, what do you think? Yeah, that's crazy to go that route. I believe in Adam and everything that he does <laughs> and touches and sells and endorses believes. Uh, no, here's the thing with it. Adam didn't look great in spring training last year, to Michelle's point. Uh, and velocity-wise, he it doesn't look good. It mm-hmm. doesn't. And uh, there have been reasons behind it, and Adam has been very forthcoming and having a reason each time what, what it is. It was the getting hit with liner last year. This year it was dealing with the back stuff and his glutes not firing, whatever. I don't care how hard you throw. I really don't. I don't care how hard Adam throws. I care do you get outs. Like, that's what what matters to me. And we live in a world now of velocity. Everything is 95 to 100 miles an hour with wipeout sliders. Something different can be okay. That's what Wayno has shown you over the years. So even if the velo drops a bit this year, it's uh, does, does that mess up the timing of the hitter? Does that keep somebody out in front? As long as he's getting outs, I don't care if the reports come back and he's topping out at 82. If he's able to go out there and get outs and be productive and eat innings for you, as we know how important that is, as he threw over 190 innings for the Birds last year, he was second behind Miles Michaelis, then great. Like, that doesn't concern me. But I will say the finish that he had last year and then the early start of things in spring training, and it wasn't like he was facing a juggernaut in the World Baseball Classic early on. Like I think the trend of the last couple of months that we've seen him is concerning. But to Michelle's point, he's going to have the opportunity on the biggest stage to prove what he can be this year. And if he's not that... That's when the real questions come in because, Anthony, how patient do you believe that they would be with Adam Wainwright if they let him go? But before you answer that, are you concerned about him? I'm concerned, yeah, because we, as you mentioned, I mean, seven, you go back seven starts last year and it was, it was over a seven ERA. And then this year he comes in and even though, the, look, they're excuses, they're, they're coming and, and they might be. Excuses. It doesn't. It doesn't mean like excuses. Oh, they're 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 covering up for something. Excuses can also be reasons. They can be valid. Yeah, yeah they're reasons for why the velocity might be down. Ultimately, BT, you're right in that. If he's getting outs, it doesn't matter if you're throwing. I mean, we've seen guys succeed with knuckle curves before. You know, or only just throwing knuckle balls. If you can get outs, that's the only thing anybody, any you know anything uh, any anybody cares about. But but eating innings to both of your points. I mean, if he's if he's four and dive or five and dive, that that's going to be rough. And I think this now sets up your question, BT, of what do you do if Adam Wainwright early on is somebody that's not eating innings? I've thrown it out there on these airwaves. I've pitched it to you, BT. Is it a situation where you almost have a piggyback, where it's Jake Woodford or Andre Pallante or somebody that you know if Wainwright can only give you four, and they're a competitive four, but they're only four, Will you line it up where it's kind of a piggyback situation until he shows you otherwise? Well, I think that, uh, Michelle, I think it's actually a really good idea of looking at any pitching rotation early in the season anyways. Like having guys that can give you multiple innings out there in the pen, the way you look at things for the birds, the way they set up right now, I don't see how Jake Woodford can't be on the team, the way that he's throwing the ball. Things could collapse in the next two weeks. Who knows? Uh, But the way that he's throwing the ball, I feel like he ends up being a part of it. So that's a guy that can give you multiple innings. I I don't see Palante as much of being that guy this year. I see him being more of a here's an inning and then – 
Uh, I don't see him being in the swing starter role. Like, he's a bullpen guy. We've high seen leverage. the velo tick up and hopefully high leverage. Now, you already have Helsley, who looked dominant last time out, struck out the side. Hicks struck out the side. That was fun to see. And we know what Giovanni Gallegos is. Like, those should be the three guys that we're leaning on the most. The key for Palante is, is he going to figure out a way to get right-handers out at the same clip he gets lefties out? He's got those weird reverse splits, uh, but he's really, really good. And so far in spring, he looked great. And in the World Baseball Classic, he, he looked very good as well. But if, if you have more guys like that, and that's where my questions are when it comes to the bullpen, is who ends up being the odd man out or odd men out in this bullpen right now? Because the things that we know for sure are some of the names that we picked. Helsley, Hicks, Gallegos, Palante. That's four that are going to be on this for sure. You're going to have two lefties. Okay, that's six. My thought is those two lefties are Hennessy's Cabrera and Zach Thompson, kind of how we left it last year. By the way, Thompson did start the game today, and the idea of starting the game against the Astros was instead of facing Slappy McSlapperson, you end up <laughs> facing actual big leaguers. He went one inning. He punched out one, walked one. He looked good. He was followed by a bunch of lefties, and they've all looked good in this game. Packy Naughton, a scoreless inning. Uh, Suarez, a score, a scoreless inning. Masevich, a scoreless inning. So all the lefties kind of getting rolled rolled out there. I still believe that those are the two. So the question, if you're, if you're at six there with Helsley, Hicks, Gallegos, Palante, we'll call it Cabrera and Thompson. Who are the other two that are going to be in here? Stratton is under contract. Drew Verhagen is under contract. And Dakota Hudson is under contract as well. You've got the, those guys that are all sitting there already. And I think that we already picked Woodford as potentially on this team. So two of so the three guys that are under contract, you have to have eight guys. Would, would Woodford make seven in our experiment? Think, uh, or, right. or do we include him? Woodford would make seven, yes. So two of the three of Verhagen, Stratton, and Dakota Hudson would be out. Who's got options besides Hudson? Um, Stratton, I imagine, does not. Yeah, probably not. Verhagen might. I'm going to say Stratton. I'm going to say Stratton out of those three, Michelle. Stratton, Verhagen, and Hudson. What do you, you think? You think that he's the odd man out? I, no, I'm sorry. I think Stratton's in. You think he's yeah, in? Yeah, I think, I think Chris Stratton would be the eighth guy. With Hudson having the options, I think Hudson goes to Memphis. Ooh, but don't you like the versatility that Hudson can give you? He can. He plays into what we were just talking about if Wainwright struggles, or anybody yeah. for that matter. It doesn't have to be Wainwright. Hudson could be somebody that theoretically is a swing, is a swing arm. Yeah, because we like what we've seen out of uh, a lot of the starting rotation guys so far. But what if Jack Flaherty, even though he looks very sharp so far in spring training, and an injury gets aggravated or something, wouldn't you like to have a Dakota Hudson at your disposal in that scenario? So, Michelle, I think Michelle's leaning Hudson. Yeah, I got Hudson in AAA uh, to start the season. I think they're tired of him not going for are we gonna round, are we gonna so surround the cup here? Verhagen is actually uh he's out of options also. Oh Stratton boy. doesn't have options. Yeah. If I'm just this is eyeball test. This is right here, right now, not last year, not careers. I would have Verhagen on the team as a guy who can eat up multiple innings for you or be high leverage or not even high leverage, just one inning, right. big stuff kind of guy. But I think that a lot of people look at last year and be like, really? You think that guy can do it? He looks a lot better this spring. The fastball looks good. He's got good feel for his off speed. It's not like Stratton's having an awful spring either. And he is actually the known quantity. The reason mm -hmm. they went out and got him last year along with Quintana is they needed somebody in the bullpen that could just say yes every day, a veteran arm that you didn't have to worry about. It's like, 
how many uh, uh, how many pitches was it? Do we have enough rest? Do we have a built-in? No, you had a veteran that just said, yeah, I'll answer the phone. Right. You don't have that if you don't have Stratton out there. But if I'm just making it right now, he might be an odd man out. You know what we did, guys? We We nailed it. We didn't answer the question at all. We no, we totally it. answered it. The fast lane's going to be right no matter what here. That's true. There Who, you go. Whoever, whether it's Stratton, Hudson, or Homer Hagen, we have got it covered. That was an old nickname and one that I think that we should clean up a little bit. Well, he needs to clean it up he has. before we Good give, give him the Ver, Verhagen name back. It's his, it's his name. It's okay. his given name. All right. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. That's Brad Thompson. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Anthony Stalter. Roster, roster shuffle. There is one player who's not even going to start. You haven't hasn't really played that much in spring training that fans are just absolutely obsessed with, and it's driving me a little crazy. I'm gonna Jordan talk to Walker. Him. He's the best. Yeah, he's driving everybody crazy in a great way. I'm gonna go the other route though. I'm gonna pitch the idea to Michelle and BT as to why. That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman and Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. And I was reading through Derek Gould's chat yesterday from scltoday.com. And I don't know why, but I became surprised how many questions that Derek got about one player in particular. And should we take guesses? Yeah, go for it, guys. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle, I'll go first with a guess. I'm going to go with questions about a player. Yeah. Wilson Contreras. I'm going to go with Contreras. They're not sure yet. They've seen him a little bit, not sure he's Yachty. I Wilson? don't think he got one question about Wilson Contreras. No. Right, Michelle, no. what do you got? Good guess, though. Um, I'm not going to pick one specific player. I'm going to go kind of holistically in the outfield. I'm going to guess the outfield, guys. Okay. No, it's not the outfield. Good. That was Good a thought process right there. there. Yeah, was it certainly really was. Yeah. yeah. Michelle, yeah, Michelle had the shotgun there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marsh. <laughs> Uh, was it Zach Thompson? Are people wondering if that's Brad's brother? It's cousin, oh. actually. Yeah, cousin, cousin. Gotcha. yeah. So yeah. No. Uh, but genes. no, no. No, it wasn't him either. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
expensive. He's a first rounder. Yeah, big time. Very nice jeans. <laughs> Would you guys be surprised if this player that the fan base, uh, at least in the Derek Gould chat, uh, couldn't stop talking about a certain player that is not a starter and uh, hasn't even played that much in spring training? Kisner? Paul DeYoung. <laughs> What? Paul DeYoung. Everybody's talking about Paul DeYoung. I've, I've, I've never Why? seen this before. I'm rooting for people him, Anthony. Are, people are obsessed <laughs> with the fact that that dude is still making, like, he's making money, and people can't go to sleep at night because Paul DeYoung is still on the roster. To the point where Derek Gould has been asked three times, why isn't Mason Wynn on the roster instead of Derek Gould? Derek Gould's not on the roster. You're getting so angry. Der- Derek no. Gould, yeah. Mason what? Wynn. <laughs> they're asking player? Derek Gould. <laughs> Why Mason Wynn wasn't on the roster ahead of Paul DeYoung? Uh, real quick, uh, first of all, I want you to keep going on this ranthonate because I like this new you. Uh-huh. This is one of my favorites. Uh, but if your question is, if your question is to Derek Gould or to the fast lane or to the text line, which you can always get in touch with us, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. If your question is, why isn't Mason Wynn on this roster over Paul DeYoung? If that's your question, you don't know anything. Wow. Just going to throw it out there. Not even baseball, just well, anything. anything. Okay. Because Tommy Edmonds, your starter right. at shortstop, and you've got Donovan, probably your starter at second. If not, it's going to be Gorman. Like, he wouldn't play is what I'm saying. He's not playing already. This is a still young kid, still needs to get reps. You don't have any young player on your roster, even if he's a better fit to be on the roster. If he's not going to play, he needs to get everyday reps. I didn't mean to point fingers that you don't know anything. I bet you know stuff about stuff in your life, mm-hmm. but that ain't something you know. About. <laughs> you're right, Brad, for a change. No, didn't need the last part of that. Could have just used the "you're right, Brad." Yeah, maybe she said maybe well. it was something like uh, "you're right, Brad." I still need change or something like that. Like she's she needs change. Yeah, something. I just I just yeah I play Marsh, with audio. Marsh cut out some words for there, sure. I think, just for time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mason Wynn's not going to make the if he's not going to start, he's not going to make the the everyday roster. It's not and a Paul the Young versus no. Mason Wynn just real quick. So he's got a great Anthony, spring, but he's he's uh, outside of Jordan Walker, I guess. He's been my favorite player to watch. He's mm-hmm. been the most entertaining baseball player maybe the Cardinals have even with Jordan Walker in it because of everything that he does on the field. What he does at shortstop, the rocket arm. Did you see the play that he made? Uh, he was covering the bag. Kisner yes. sailed a throw. It wasn't a good throw. He made it into a good throw to get Lane Thomas, tagged him on the head. Crazy athletic play. Boom. And he's driving the ball. He's hitting for power. He went oppo taco the other day. He's doing everything that you would love to see. He needs more reps in the minor leagues. So he needs to play. If he's not a part of the plan right now and by the way i think this spring has expedited your plans for him and maybe he gets there a little quicker than you expect but he can't be there no so here's the question michelle anthony who who is paul DeYoung pushing off this roster that legitimately should be on the roster the way that it's set up who's he pushing off uh i i honestly have nobody nobody you were talking about a backup is he pushing off uniel caracuto uh, I don't think that Uni's had a well, you know. First of all, you made up some. You made that player up, but second of all, Perhaps. I don't think you're eating the nine million. Unless that's what he's making, right? Nine mil, eleven, eleven. Oh, jeez, it's his highest you year. Know, it was. It was a. You know, guys, you see why people are ticked off right now about Paul DeYoung. So, no, but you're eleven. It's you're, expensive. You're eating. 
I, if you're eating the 11 million, you're eating the 11 million because there's somebody else on the roster that gives you the versatility at a premium defensive position, mind you, in a backup role. Actually, it is nine. There's just a buyout too. So buyout for yeah. two million after this year. That's what really what we're talking about. So when people say, "Well, the contract plays," yeah, but not in the way you're thinking. The contract only plays because you're you're sitting there. The money has already been spent. It's sunk cost, and there's nobody, Brad, to your point, that you're pushing off the roster Michelle, to make sure that Paul DeYoung's on Anthony, it. Anthony, he, he's an expensive role player is what he is. Now, you don't expect to spend $9 million on a defense-first infielder. No. But that's what he is right now off the bench. He's somebody that can play shortstop for you. And you say, Mason Wynn plays shortstop for you. You're forgetting the point. The point is Mason Wynn needs to be playing every single day, and he'll be there at some point for you. He's not pushing you off. And, Michelle, there is at least potentially the upside of what Paul DeYoung has done in the past. I'd rather take my chances with Paul DeYoung, Michelle, than I would, like, uh, Jose Fermin that they ended mm-hmm. up getting from Cleveland or uh, Kramer Robertson or whoever. I think I'd rather take my chances with Paul DeYoung. Yeah, especially with, with all the work that he's done in the offseason. I know you're not seeing it pay huge dividends right now, but I think if he's already getting the money, you do want to see if it will come to fruition at some point. And, guys, if I'm playing armchair psychologist a little bit here, I think that this is more of the fan base wanting to point fingers at John Mosellock than it is – Paul DeYoung, because a lot of the fan base still has a little bit of disdain for Mo. I can't really understand why, but we saw this with Matt Carpenter, and now Paul DeYoung is the next guy up, who they're looking at an expensive player who, towards the end of it, is not living up to expectations, and they, they want to say, you were wrong, Mo, in signing him to this deal, and right. why why are you making this mistake again? No, Michelle, you're absolutely right. Maybe we should just clarify. John Mozeliak was 1,000% wrong in signing Paul DeYoung to that contract. Unfortunately for John Mosellock and anybody else that makes any sort of predictions, which is basically everybody, we you don't have the benefit of hindsight. It was a deal that he thought would look good over time, and it wasn't. It blew up in his face. There will be more because there's no GM or president of baseball operations that exist that hasn't made mistakes along the way unless they just were, were appointed to that position. If they just got the job an hour ago, that's the only people that don't have any sort of mistakes. Otherwise, I don't think people can can grapple with the fact that he's he's making money and he's still there. Dude's a backup. He's a he's not gonna stay. He's not gonna but play he's much. Nine million. Who cares? <laughs> you ain't front that bill. Well, technically, I, I am. <laughs> I'm going to the concessions. I knew exactly where you're going with that. I pay for parking. Team doesn't get your parking. No, they sold that for millions. <laughs> Right off the bat. They got way more. <laughs> so they could pay for Paul DeYoung's contract. Don't worry about it. So, so real quick. Uh, Money spent, Brad. Uh, we, He's not playing. We got another text that said uh, maybe it's pushing a pitcher off the roster. We, we went no, over the pitching not. a little bit earlier. There's going to be 13 Ollie's already pitchers. said 13-13. Yeah, so right now I'm looking at my 13, and you can check the math on me, Anthony, if you want Michelle, to. Michelle, check his math. Uh, Ooh, Goldie. Arenado, Edmund, Donovan, O'Neal, Carlson, Newt Barr, Jordan Walker Ooh, is part of mine. I'm throwing like him that. on there for now. Contreras, Kisner, slash Barrera. Yeah, that seems to be a real competition Boy. at this point. Kisner, Kiss Daddy. Uh, Kiefer. Yeah, Kiefer's struggling. There. He's there. Yeah. Um, Juan Yepes, Gorman, I've got on the roster, and DeYoung. 
the leaves like the the next odd man out they say look over here it's uh alec burleson i say Who for real needs to play more if you're going to keep him on the roster i think so too okay. as as of things right now and if jordan walker doesn't make it then maybe burleson does there you go He's not pushing anybody off this roster. No. Is, I mean, maybe Taylor Motter's family is saying, what about Motter? Yeah, that makes Motter sense. can't play shortstop. Well, you know, I'm not just profiling him. He doesn't look like he could play shortstop, but I just don't think he could play shortstop. <laughs> He's a third baseman slash first baseman slash he looks like he ate Brendan Donovan. He looks like a Whoa. big. He looks like a big Brendan Donovan, does he not? He does. Taylor Motter looks like Brendan Donovan where it's like, Whoa. Wait, that's not Brendan Donovan. You know when like Mario eats the mushrooms and then that's good call. Little Mario to Big Mario. Alright, that makes sense. Hey, speaking of Donovan, is this power for real? And if so eat mushrooms. <laughs> what? Well, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers later. <laughs> <laughs> well done there, BT. Uh Brendan Donovan, if the power is real, what does it do for this offense specifically? That's an excellent one on ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This ball launched deep in the air to right field. Back goes Cedrilla to the wall. She is gone. A leadoff homer for Brendan Donovan. Chip Carey, the man that BT left us all for. Uh, Bally Sportsman West on the call there as... That was a game from uh, earlier this week, I think. I guess the Mets are last week. He like was that. out in front of that baseball a little bit, too. Got caught on the front foot and still barreled it and chalet it out of that Roger Dean, which is a pretty big ballpark. Yeah, it is. Well, how about it? Brendan Donovan's a pretty big dude right now, and he's mashing. Brad Thompson, Michelle Smallman, and Anthony Stalter. So, guys. Real quick, what? am I the only one right there as soon as you said that was thinking nothing but Chris Duncan saying pounding balls? Pound it. Just pounding balls out there. <laughs> I mean, that's all I could think of. Yeah. Right there. So now you say you say pounding balls, and then you say what you wanted to say. Okay. Uh, Brendan Donovan's out there pounding balls. I can't do the – I can't do dunks. You tried. Yeah. Pounding balls. That was better. Mm. Better-ish. We'll get it. He's going to get it for we'll us. We'll find it. Anyways, you go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. With your point. Aren't you have it yet? Or... He got Just it. pounding balls. There, we there you go. There we go. Nice. We'll Miss him. Yeah, damn right. Uh, so – Donovan, we've seen this power surge. First question is, are we are we buying it? Michelle, do you think that the power is sustainable from Brendan Donovan? Guys, maybe it's that it's spring training and hope springs eternal, but I'm buying it from Brendan Donovan. If I, I'm selling what he's putting out there. I was reading uh, John Denton's piece over at MLB.com about what Brendan Donovan did in the offseason, how he went to Louisiana and he studied his swing and wanted to make it better. He didn't necessarily want to adjust his swing, just enhance it. And that they did all this testing and, and that it was proven that Brendan Donovan had this great hand grip. He was really strong. His torso was really strong. So he he could handle swinging a heavier bat, which is what they gave him. And it's the same type of bat that helped Goldie become an MVP last year. And it's seemingly really paying off for him. And it's and we're seeing that power surge for him. So all the work that he did in the offseason is exactly what we're supposed to be seeing right now. So I'm buying it. 
253. Michelle says Donovan is Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. <laughs> I wrote down the same note. Is it Donovan equals Goldie? Yeah, that's absolutely same bat, right. Same bet. Yeah, yeah. yep. yes, that mm-hmm. is fine. Same no, great, great breakdown, Michelle. I know, BT, you guys were talking about it on the Bally Sports Midwest broadcast as well, the, what, what Michelle was discussing yeah, just, there with Donovan and all, putting in the offseason work. The idea of this, the, the fact that this hasn't been around a lot longer, it went to the Maru- Marucci Baseball Performance Lab. We've been fitting golfers for golf clubs forever, right? Yeah. You put on, like, the swing thing. It's like, this is best for you, and you need this kind of shaft, and blah, 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 blah. Well, Three now... Three million dollars. Right, please. right. Well, now we're actually doing that for hitters and going through the biomechanics, and this is something, you know, Goldie has gone through. We've seen... Uh, uh, in recent years, you want to talk about a, a former Cardinal that made big strides doing this. Matt Carpenter did it. And then mm-hmm. they changed mm-hmm. some things with him. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know the year that he had last year, and we'll see him now with the Padres. Uh, but first of all, just crediting Brendan Donovan for having the season that he did last year and then figuring out how to get better. Because I think that there are a lot of guys who be like, oh, dude, rookie season, I had a 396 on base percentage. This is the easy. The world is mine. It is easy. He thought, so, all right, there's there's more. And to Michelle's point, it's not an overhaul. This isn't like a, hey, let's blow it up from the ground floor. Uh, but they did tweak the bat, and they also tweaked his setup. You'll notice now that he's standing a little bit more upright instead of getting down into that crouched position. And through all of these tests, you know, they, they've realized that he can generate more power if he's hitting that front foot at the right time and really just sequencing these things a little bit better. And it's showing off. So the question is... That you, that you threw out there, Anthony, is it sustainable? Like, do you believe in what you're seeing here? Do I think that Brendan Donovan is going to be a 30 home run guy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe. Okay. No, though. He like is it, Paul Goldschmidt, right? That's right. right. If he yep, does, I got the note on. Yeah, he's going to have to have 35 uh, at least. <laughs> well, here's what I think that he can be. It, and there, there is more power there. There is for sure. I think that he can be more Matt Carpenter-esque when it comes to the doubles. I think you're going to see this guy be a doubles machine. It wouldn't be surprised to see him hit 40-plus doubles this year, maybe 15 or so home runs. I think that that would be an awesome year for him, especially if he's continuing to get on base at the clip that he did last year. Last year he had 60 walks, 70 strikeouts. That's a really good ratio in the game of baseball. You don't usually see those two even being close. I believe that you're going to see Donovan this year be a doubles machine. He'll hit his home runs too. Uh, but I think that the adjustments that he made and the power are real because you you're guys are watching all these games. It's not like he's expanding his strike zone. He doesn't appear to be homer happy. You're not seeing him. And we saw this a little bit with Colton Wong when Wonger started hitting some homers. Then all of a sudden you'd see him. You'd see, shoes. Oh, you'd see the front foot like <laughs> tapping already. He's licking his chops. And then he'd pop up or he'd strike. You're not seeing any of that with Donovan. He's still got his smooth approach. And he's taken the same swing. And to Michelle's point, they figured out the perfect bat for him. It's got that puck knob on it. It's, it's crazy to look at. I, you've been used to seeing a regular baseball bat for so long long you see these what the hell is that but it's a counterweight so it's helping get that or get that barrel around faster heavier bat the ball's gonna go a little bit further you're gonna see the same swing but you're gonna see more damage with it okay so where do you have donovan in the order then? i got him leading off okay so not newt no i, I think you'll see, you'll newt see there sometimes both, too the majority of the ab's at the leadoff spot will go to donovan for me opinion. yes okay. what about you I I kind of had Newt penciled in, but then who who becomes your your number two hitter? Goldie. Until somebody else, pro- I don't want to like pay, I don't, I don't want to put somebody there just because I think that it's a better fit and I want to have more depth. If, if two guys aren't 
tearing the cover off the ball and getting on base at a crazy clip. I'd rather just have Goldie batting second, Arnato third. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm good with that too. All right. So Donovan, if he does have that that power, because this is somebody that was getting on base a ton, if he still, to your point, BT, keeps the same swing, it's Brendan Donovan from a year ago, but now with more power. I mean, we are we are talking about you know a, a legit OPS guy that can also get on base. Talk about an all star, absolutely, or an MVP, right, Michelle? Yeah, he is Goldie two point There we go. Don't forget it. Yeah, but think about the complexity of your lineup and how it changes if this is consistent from him, and and maybe throw in a Jordan Walker in the mix, a- adding it to what you've seen and know from Goldie Arenado, etc. I mean, we could be talking about a completely different lineup. A hundred percent. This lineup now, I mean, the, the the length of this lineup is is unreal. If Tyler O'Neill's power is there, I mean, there's just a lot of, of good factors we're seeing coming to, out of spring. To, to me, there there's three things: O'Neill, Walker, Carlson. That's that's the question. What are what are those guys? I believe I know what everybody else is. Donnie, at the very least, I know I know what he was last year. I'll take the player that he was last year. Definitely in, in another year, that'd be great. I believe I know what Contreras is. I absolutely know what Gorman is, or not Gorman, but uh, what Arnato is and what Goldie is. What are those three guys? O'Neill, Jordan Walker, and Dylan Carlson, because that's your difference between a good lineup and a great lineup. And the upside of all three of those guys is still pretty astronomical. So. If you do kind of fall on like their floor, their floor would be out of the lineup because of injuries or what we saw with Ty, with uh, Dylan Carlson last year. Platoon and player. he was and he was banged up too. Yeah, so that that certainly factors in. Is he going to be all right arm arm wise? Seems like it. Yeah, he's fine. Okay, be fine. I don't like the way you said that. It's just the year. Seems of, like well, it. he's fine. It's the year of Donnie Dingers though. He's going to just do it. Okay, fair enough. Brad, good seeing you, man. That was fun. I miss you guys. First, it just flies by. That yeah. flew by. Yeah. Do you want to do? I, did I tell you earlier? I saw the uh, Smallman family. They were out in Jupiter, Florida, taking in spring training. Were they? Do they normally? Dad. Do they normally go down, Michelle? Um. Yeah. They they try to get down when they can. But let me tell you guys, they called me up and they were like, "You will not believe who we ran into. Nicest guy ever. It was Brad Thompson. Nice. Talked to us for so long. So thanks, Brad, for being so cool to the family. Your parents are the sweetest. Yeah, they're the, they're best. the best. Did they say superstar? We just ran into superstar Brad Thompson. If so, I planted that seed. Maybe twenty <laughs> bucks. Just say it. TV celebrity Brad Thompson is exactly how they described it. That's awesome. Nice. Smallness. Some people in the book. I actually don't know if I've ever met your parents. What? But I feel like I have because you're. You're. I mean, you talk about your mom a great deal too. But you're. You're always talking about Tony. I feel like you as a Tony should have met my Tony. No kidding. Sounds like Jeez. a family no, dinner at the Smallman household next time Michelle's here. I'm here in April, guys. We'll have Ooh. some we'll have some lasagna. It'll a be lot, great. A lot of pasta, a lot of bread, a lot of hands at the table just kind of talking all at once. <laughs> they probably referred to Brad as Redbird Report podcast host. That, that actually Thompson. makes more sense. Yeah. Nice job there. Mm-hmm. Right here on 101 ESPN. Mm-hmm. BT, travel safe. Can't wait. Back you're going, to you're going tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Yeah, work on the back. cinnamon tan. Nice. Back to, he's at the hardest, one of the hardest working people you'll see. Yeah, I'm just racking up those miles. Yeah, it's no big deal. All right, that's Brad Thompson. Michelle and I have got you covered for, for the next three hours. We're going to talk about Jordan Cairo. Kind of talked about him a little bit yesterday. When it comes to Jordan Cairo, though, a lot of people are like, hey, he doesn't play defense. Are you paying him for defense? That's next. I want to win ESPN. Thank you, Brad. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get it in, Butch Navich. 
Hits the trailer. Thomas to Cairo. Score! Great passing by these three. Jordan Cairo nets his 30th of the year, pulls the Blues to within one. Obviously, it's a huge accomplishment. Uh, super happy for him. And, you know, we all think the sky's the limit, and this is just the beginning for him. So, definitely a step in the right direction. And I think a lot of other details in his game have, have really improved this year that might not go go noticed, like defensively. And, yeah, he's been a little bit more physical and stuff. And I think those things are, are huge, and it's a great step in the right direction for him. Chris Kerber on the call from the other night. That was a sweet goal that Jordan Cairo scored. So Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. And that second voice you heard was Robert Thomas, who joined the opening drive this morning with Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Brooke Grimsley. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So our guy Marshy was on Twitter, and he saw he saw this post by Dan Buffa, Buffa 80, at Buffa82. And Dan threw it out there, and Dan, big sports fan, uh, somebody that also does, like, film, you know, he's a film critic and things like that. Uh, he tweeted out, he was fun fact, Jordan is not being paid for his defense. Stop worrying about that. is a goal scorer and a playmaker. That's the bias of his contract. That's it. If he's doing that... The needs are being met. Don't nitpick. Hashtag St. Louis Blues. Michelle, you heard Robert Thomas say there's some elements of Jordan Kyrie's game that have that have really improved that people aren't talking about, including his his defense. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Dan's tweet there? Because not every player is built the same, and you know he's right to some degree. There are players that are going to offer more offensively. There's going to be more balanced players. There's going to be players that are really only counted for counted on as defensive specialist, depending on what the sport is. What do you think about Jordan Cairo specifically with that? So when Jordan Cairo got the contract, got the big money, do you think that the reason that Doug Armstrong felt comfortable giving him that much money and locking him up for that length of, of a contract is because of his defensive style of play? No, his no. He he got the, he got paid because he's a goal scorer. And when you're a defenseman, that's also an offensive defenseman. When you get decent money, it's because you can score. I would even argue that at the time of the contract, we still had a lot of concerns about his overall game and about the def, the defensive element of his game. Sure, we had seen uh, Jordan Cairo oftentimes not getting back. We we had talked about the need for him to improve in that department, and he still got the deal, Mm -hmm. which tells you that the Blues were looking at him and evaluating him for his offense, for the speed, for the skill, for the goals, for the the point production. This guy was not locked up for the the defensive component of his game. If that improves from where it was, amazing. That's just, to me, the the cherry on top of the sundae. But I think the way the NHL is trending now, you want speed, you want the skill, and Jordan Cairo is a player that can bring you that. The only thing I'll say to that is you don't you're not paying Jordan Cairo to be Ryan O'Reilly. Like Ryan O'Reilly, you're you're your best two hundred foot player at at the time. You're not paying Jordan Cairo to be that. And if 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 you're expecting him to be that, Michelle, to your point, then I think you're gonna be set up with you're gonna be set up to be frustrated. It's kinda of like Colton Pareko. You know, a lot of people are ticked off because Colton Pareko is making what he's making, and oh, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. You know, he needs to be more physical, and you know, he needs to go back to what Doug Armstrong said at one point, where he could be the alpha dog. Mm-hmm. That's not Colton Pareko. And if you start to just appreciate what Colton Pareko brings to the ice, I think I think the conversation changes a little bit, although I don't think people are going to get over the, the the paycheck there. But when it comes to Jordan Cairo, I do think a little bit about Tarasenko. When he when Vladimir Tarasenko played his his best all around hockey, somebody that was willing to block shots, 
willing to be, you know, strong, strong on the four check and, you know, playing well defensively and doing doing everything that the cliche 200 foot game br- brings to the ice. What year was that? Oh, gosh. Before the Stanley Cup year, probably. Right. I think it was the state. In my opinion, it was the Stanley Cup year. So it was Tarasenko not just being a goal scorer, but somebody that was doing everything. So I don't think Cairo is and should be considered a 200-foot player. But when it comes to winning a Stanley Cup, if you want to get back to that point, it's your, your best players, just like all of Tampa Bay's best players, willing to do everything, willing to block shots, willing to – Get get you know get physical in front of the net, and it's not just mm-hmm. all about time, space, and you know skill. It is about doing everything to win a championship. And I do think if the Blues are going to reach that next level, Kairou will have to be that player again. So when you you made the Colton Pareko comparison, mm-hmm. and when I think back to Colton Pareko before he got the deal, we think of the Stanley Cup year, right? We think of the best we've seen him was that year, and that's when he was paired with Jay Bomeister, who mm-hmm. I think extracted the very best out of Colton Pareko, and I think we looked at him as a player, and we weren't necessarily thinking about everything that Jay Bomeister provided for him, and we expected him to be that same player no matter who he was paired with moving forward, right? Sure. Whereas, and it hasn't worked out that way because he, just, kind of like Ryan O'Reilly and David Prunt, sometimes you need a certain guy you have the chemistry with, and maybe you can manufacture that with somebody else, but sometimes somebody's skill set really complements yours, and that's in any profession. Yeah. But with Jordan Cairo, I don't think there was ever any fool's gold on the defensive component of his game. No, you're right. I think I think we were always pretty much aware of what his strengths were and what his deficiencies were, and the Blues slash Blues fans were okay with with what he brought to the table. And anything else that you got from an improvement on the defensive side was just an added layer. But you were thinking about how this team was changing to compete with the NHL and the other teams that you're going against, Colorado, et cetera, and you wanted what Jordan Kyra could provide you. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to the actual money, like we're just looking at the conversation in a vacuum to your earlier point, Michelle, of why did he get paid? He got paid because he's going to put he's going to put the buck puck in the back of the net. That's right. why he's going to get paid. My point is, if, you, if you're going to win and do it on a sustained level, and I mean the highest of levels, not just Jordan Cairo, but everybody in that damn roster is going to is they, they're going to have to do a lot more of the little things. Oh, absolutely. In no way do I think that Jordan Cairo should just rest on his laurels and say, sure. well, you signed me to for speed and skill and scoring, right. and that's all I'm going to give you. I'm not going to work on any other part of my game. No, <laughs> I, I certainly think that I you paid. should be. I got paid. Screw you. Yeah. I mean, which would be nice to do, you know? Can you imagine yeah. getting a big contract and just being no. like, no, I'm good. Yeah, you, no, already, they, you already signed it. Whoops, you're bad. <laughs> yeah, to that level? Absolutely. No. Absolutely no, not. no. But I do I do think that he probably is aware of the areas that he – I mean, of course he's aware of the areas that he needs to work on, and hopefully we'll see some improvement. But at the end of the day, Anthony, <laughs> as long as – I mean, he net, scored net. what? Let me pull it up right here. He had 75 points last season, 63 so far. You're paying him to be potentially an 80-point-a-year player. That's right. what that's what you want to see out of Jordan Cairo. Certainly. And there's some texters that are texting in saying they don't really care much about the defense as much as it is – the effort on a consistent basis, night in and night out. And that and look, I, agree I think with. that's fair. And that, that can, I agree with. And that is not, sorry to say, especially this year, that is not a Jordan Cairo only comment. 
No, but we have had this conversation about him consistently, certainly. not just this season. No, it's a, absolutely. And the taxers that are pointing pointing that out, I, we certainly agree. 313, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. NFL free agency kicked off essentially yesterday. What team do we think has killed it thus far in free agency, even though, even though it's only been roughly 24 hours? Which team do we feel like has gotten worse because the either the inactivity or maybe the activity that they've been doing, throwing around some money, it doesn't make sense. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So Marsh loves to play around with the music beds, and he was so excited coming into this segment. He goes, hey, get a new NFL music bed. <laughs> that's just radio. That's like radio stuff. Michelle, you get it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you get excited about a music bed. Well, we, not everybody listens to the entirety of every show, but we do, whether you're producing it or talking on it. And sometimes you hear the same sound bites and the same bed and the same drops over and over. And when you find ways to spice it up, it really is thrilling. And Mark, great choice. This bed is phenomenal. It. it really is thrilling. That's Michelle Smallman. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. All right, a little round, round table discussion here, guys. The uh, the legal tampering period started yesterday in the NFL, which means, well, it's free agency. It's just, they, they, they may have may not have signed on the dotted line, but the contracts are, are pretty much done. And while there's still plenty of good free agents out there a lot of them came off the board yesterday so michelle yes which team has had the best start in free agency in your opinion guys i'm going to south florida i'm going to the miami dolphins who are adding to an already strong roster they pick up Tua's option they re-sign raheem mostert and jeff wilson and they bring in jalen ramsey oh and that lightning bolt known as mike white from the jets (laughs) to uh to back up Tua. And uh, I just feel like this is a team that was was loaded with talent last year, and they're adding to an already talent-rich roster. I like what the Dolphins are doing, guys. Okay. And by the way, Michelle, when during the season when Mike White was getting ready to start a game, I think he maybe he played his first game. He looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Jamie at one point said, "Well, you know, the Jets have Mike Smith." So, what? and we everybody <laughs> like kind of looked at him and like he goes, "Oh, Mike White." Because yeah. that's right. I'm gonna call him Smitty. So we call we call Mike White Smitty. Smitty, I love yeah, it. Uh, I will indeed call him Smitty as well. All right, so Michelle went with the Dolphins as the most impressive team. How about you, Marsh? Uh, I guess I'll go with. Oh, this sounds strong. Nah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Clearly, you're who's the most? By some in, team. <laughs> what? Who is the team that has most impressed you, Marsh? Ah, well, you know. <laughs> This offseason, I guess I'll go with the Giants uh, just for I like the Darren Waller pickup uh, because they don't have a lot of pass catchers that really knock my socks off. You know what I'm saying? So Darren Waller, if he can stay healthy, Dan Daniel Bellinger does not do it for Marsh. He, well, he didn't do it for uh, the week I needed him in fantasy football, so yeah. he is not on my list. Uh, but Darren Waller, if he can get to the level that we know he can play at, this could be a really good Giants team, especially with Daniel Jones, who uh, sort of found his game uh, last season. We'll see if he can also uh, do the same this upcoming year. But they have Barkley, who 
was great last year as well. So uh, I like that they picked up Darren Waller. Okay. Guys, the obvious answer to this is the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, oh boy. They goodness. knocked it out of the park. What do you mean? Oh, uh, Jesse mm. Bates, outstanding safety from Cincinnati. They they locked up their, their talented guard, Chris Lindstrom, to a new deal. David Onyemata, the defensive tackle from the Saints. They, they bring in former Battlehawk, beloved Battlehawk backup quarterback Taylor Heineke That's today. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's obviously the fact they traded they traded for Jonu Smith, who, had, you know, the last two years in New England, not great. But where did he have his success, guys? In Tennessee. In Tennessee, under Arthur, Arthur Smith. That's right. Who's now his head coach. I always get Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank confused. That Falcons so many front Arthurs office, they there. love... If you have a first name, Arthur, you're going to yeah, do you're okay. In. Yeah, you're yeah, going to do okay there. Yeah. All right, so you guys missed that. It's definitely the Falcons. That's the correct answer. Michelle, which team has lost a ton? Can I, can, I, can I give you one other winner? I'm sorry. To Is jump it the in Falcons? Right you can jump on that bandwagon. That's fine. No, I'm not going to. But, so. guys, I think we're missing an obvious one, too, in the Bears, who have been making a lot of great moves. They have redone their linebacking core with Edwards and, well, both Edwards, Edmonds, they have spent Jermaine a ton Edmonds, of money. TJ, TJ Edwards, and they were the worst Edwards, excuse me. rush defense in the NFL last season. So they're they're improving a clear point of need. And let's not forget all, all of the haul that they got for the first round pick. I mean, Very true. Ryan Poles has been making some moves, so I wanted to shout him out. Yeah, TJ, TJ Edwards, they signed from the Eagles. Tremaine Edmonds, they gave, they gave a lot of money to him from the Bills. And Matt Eberflus loves to play off-ball linebackers so they got they got two of them yesterday and as you mentioned that the draft trade to get dj Moore in that deal mm-hmm. was huge not you know let alone the compensation from the draft standpoint the panthers go up to number one no good call on that all right michelle which team has lost a ton doesn't figure to replace that production and seemingly has gotten worse overnight Okay, I'm going to give you two because there's two moves that had me scratching my head. The first one is the L.A. Rams. All right, I know you had to give up Jalen Ramsey. All right, you're 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 picking off piece, pieces of the carcass left and right. I understand <laughs> that, right? You you need to move some money, but you're only going to get a third round pick and a backup tight end. Yeah, that's rough. I just thought you'd get, you know, I know you say bleep them picks less need, but I thought at least you'd get a little bit more for right. Jalen Ramsey, who's a top five cornerback. Uh, it's for them not to, for him not to get a second round pick. You weren't going to get a first round pick. That's what right. you gave up to get him, but you couldn't get a late second. I, I'm yeah. complete with you. When I, as soon as I saw that compensation, I was like, "What?" Darren Waller fetched the Raiders <laughs> a third round pick. Great point. It was the third round pick that they acquired for Kadarius Tony in the deal with the Chiefs. So they they flipped that pick to the Raiders and got. You know, when healthy, a really good tight end. So I'm with you on that one. All right, who's your other? The other one, and Marsha, I, of course, want to bring you in on this, is yep. the Vikings. I'm just a little confused about the Josh Oliver deal, the tight end that they got from the Ravens. Nice player, of course. Uh, but the the money that he's getting, $21 million, 10.75 guaranteed, three-year deal, that just felt like a, a lot for Josh Oliver. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so our subject. You did get Marcus Davenport. They did. The defensive end from the Bengals. You know That's what? Good... They they sort of did some some cap stuff with Kirk Cousins that allowed them to uh, re-sign Garrett Bradbury, their center, too. So he's got three years, uh, 15.75. So 
They dumped. You know, we are sickle. They did, and it's very heartbreaking, but it needed to be done. And I'm not going to worry too much because we're only a few days into uh, free agency, or as you would call it, Anthony. Legal tampering period? Yes. Yeah. Legal uh-huh. tampering period. That's right. Uh, Marsh, who's the team that's gotten worse over the last 24 hours? Um, I'm going to throw something out there, and it's only be based on what could happen and what is what are the chargers doing they got cap problems because and you're gonna have to start making some tough Austin decisions Eckler works very well with justin herbert and he's great he's a great pass down back or pass catching back um i don't know what they do at the running back position if he's not there well they're gonna have to draft have, they're gonna have to draft somebody yeah and because you're right, the starter isn't isn't on the roster. Right, exactly. And they're at a point right now where I like that roster to make a few more moves to add to it mm-hmm. to be at that next level where the Chiefs are, where the Bengals are, where the Bills want to be. Do you want Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen? Because they may have had to cut Keenan Allen to free up some cap space. Right, just hear me out real quick. Uh-oh. I love Keenan Allen. Whoa. Guy can't stay healthy. Okay. He can't stay healthy. Wow. I guess you could say the same for Austin Eckler, but Michelle, they went the whole so- season without Keenan Allen. Michelle, does it sound like he loves Keenan Allen? No, it doesn't or at he all. He just dogged his guy there. I mean, I don't love Keenan Allen. I mean, he's a really good wide receiver, so it's tough to pick. But like, you know, this, this is what happens when you get. This is what happens when you get right up there against the cap. You have to make decisions there and tick people off. One of the better off. running backs or one of the better wide receivers in the league. It's a good good discussion to have. Keenan Allen when healthy works incredibly for well sure. for sure. with Justin Herbert too. 100%. I think I can find Austin, nothing against Austin Eckler. I'm gonna find a back in the second or third round. That's fair. That maybe can run the ball. Too. Not the first round though, because you not hate the first, first round running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not. I don't hate them. I don't think the value is there, Marsh. But fine. Right. Hate is a strong Screw word. Screw my opinion again. What about you, Anthony? Bengals. Mm. They lost both of their safeties. So mm-hmm. Jesse Bates to the Falcons. Von Bell. Goes to the where did he go again? He went to the Panthers, I believe. Yes, the Carolina Panthers. So they lose both of their safeties. That defense has much as we talk about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and you know all the offensive weapons that they have. That defense has been criminally underrated the last two seasons, and now they've they've lost their their deep ball safety and they've lost Von Bell, who worked really well with Bates. So now they're going to have to completely overhaul the safety position, but they're getting ready to pay Joe Burrow at some point. If they don't extend him at some point this this season, that bill is due. So they're making some hard decisions right now, but I think the, the point is this is a defense that might not be as good as it was over the last two years. So I think the Bengals are one of those teams that could take a step back. All right, quickly, Michelle, your favorite free agent move thus far. Oh, I don't, I, again, I think I'm going to have to say Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. I love that move for the Dolphins. Um, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. That's going to be my favorite move, just because I think it's going to be incredible drama, no matter what happens. Michelle's banking on the drama. I like that. Marsh? Uh, mine is a player that helped his new team win a game last year while he was on the other team, and that's Jacoby Myers going <laughs> to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he... We'll join Jimmy G of another former Patriot. Um, and uh, I like Jacoby Myers. I just, I hate that he was a part of that situation last year. But he gets to uh, join the team that he helped seal the deal for. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Um, I 
and this this team has done good too. Just like this team has done well, but Javon Hargrave for the 49ers, they they sign him four years, 80 million, 40 million guaranteed from to come over from the Eagles. 60 combined tackles, 11 sacks, one forced fumble last year. This is the epitome of adding to a strength. The 49ers didn't need another pass rusher, but they took the sledgehammer to the fly, and now they've got I mean, they were the best defensive line in football last year. Now it's not even close. They can wreck they're going to wreck offensive game plans all next year if those four down linemen can stay healthy. So I like that move. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What's trending is next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Michelle Smallman, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending Guys, did you see yesterday Team Nicaragua, Duque Ebert, he struck out... Juan Soto, he struck out Julio Rodriguez and Rafael Devers. And after the game, a scout from the Tigers organization went up to him before he left the stadium and offered him a contract. <laughs> I thought I, that was awesome. I would too. I mean, that that's the epitome of taking your opportunity and run running with it, right, Michelle? Yeah. And didn't you do you mention Manny Machado in there too? Did, I don't, oh no, I, he didn't strike out Machado, but Machado's mm-hmm. in the lineup, right? Yes. Yes, but I mean, yeah. If you're if you're on the world's biggest stage and you deliver and you strike out Devers, J. Rod, and Juan Soto, I bet if there were more guys in the in the stands or at the game that they would have been clamoring to sign him too. I mean, why not? If if you know he could take down those three guys, why wouldn't you give him a shot? Could you imagine the Tiger Scout is out there and he's like, nobody else is at this game right now. Yeah, he's looking around <laughs> like, what? I'm gonna sign this guy. <laughs> It makes sense that the Tigers organization would <laughs> would, would sign They're them. Scouring the earth for talent. No, it makes sense. Oh, good for him. It's great. Hopefully, hopefully he can you know make the big league squad at some point, and it'll be a cool story nonetheless. Mm-hmm. He's a 21 year old, uh, and like I said, struck out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers. On the flip side of things, we mentioned it earlier in the show. A 19 year old. Uh, did not have as much success for Team Canada as that was, uh, I believe it was, uh, what's his name? Mitch Bratt, 19 years old. I believe he's in the Texas Rangers organization. He went up against, I would say, one of the best lineups ever in assembled. Ever, yeah, in ever. Yeah. Yeah, so not, yeah, poor kid. I mean, look, you don't lose, okay? You either win or you or you learn. Now, in this case... Team Canada absolutely did lose. They got crushed. But, you, you know, for him, guys, it, it's just a learning moment for him. Now, he was literally the loser in this game. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that he's going to be better off once he gets past this absolute drubbing, including the 9-0 first inning. It's a lot, the game was a lot closer than that 12-1 final would indicate. I really hope that there's another peak in his career, some amazing moment, because, gosh, this would be the, the worst thing to have it as your defining career moment. Oh, I remember that guy. How many runs did he give up to Team USA? <laughs> oh, no. Is it really that bad, though? Like, what were you doing at 19 years old? Like, this kid's pitching 
against some of the best players it's a great in the way, world. It's a great way to look at and it. And what were the expectations? The expectations were probably not high. Yeah. You know what, though? How many how many runs did Fultonavich give up as a member of the Braves when he faced the Cardinals in the oh, deciding question. NLCS game or the NLDS game? I think it was oh. 10, right? It was the first inning. I mean, it was ugly. Well, I don't know how many he was on the hook for before they got rid of him, but I believe they scored 10 or 11 in that first inning. So it could, it could look, it could always be worse. What happened to that guy? Is he even pitching in the majors anymore? I don't think so. His yeah. career pretty much went south after that. Cardinal dream crushers. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. He is with, let's see here. Uh, nope, he's not in baseball anymore. He was pitching with the Rangers back in 2021. He was an all-star in 2018. Yeah, it was, by the way, a 10-run first inning. That's right. Game Ouch. five. He grew up a Cardinals fan, too. Oh, that's even worse. Yep, grew up in Illinois. Not shout, great. Shout out, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing from the World Baseball Classic. We touched on this multiple times yesterday and earlier today. Great Britain. We talked about the jerseys. Probably some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen in baseball. Well, uh, one of their pitchers yesterday had trouble with the iron on logo or whatever you want to call it the the wording the t in great britain fell off his jersey (laughs) and he just wiped it off and it fell to the to the to the dirt he was just playing without the t on his jersey and there's as you can imagine all of the t jokes going on twitter oh yeah involving great britain oh of course it had to be the letter t was it the T in great or yeah. the T yeah. in Britain? Yeah, the, the T in great. So it was just Great Britain. Yeah. Boy, that's a that's a tough go of things for Great Britain. <laughs> so Brad was saying that their jer- their jerseys weren't ready in time, and that's how they wound up with those. I guess those things. I don't even want to call them uniforms. We had. I a- would rather them show up and wear those pennies that we wore in gym class yeah, when we were kids. Ones. Sure. You know what I mean? If they're like, listen, we don't have anything. It was our bad. We're just going to throw on these pennies and we're going to make a joke out of it. Right. You could have come up with something better than what you had. That was that was one of those deals. You know, like in college when you knew you were supposed to be working on a project for like the entire semester. Yeah. <laughs> And you, I'll get to it. And then before you know it, it's the night before you go, oh, crap. And you're going out to various stores trying to get the the crap that you need. Yeah. That was That's that right there. What Great Britain did, they were like, oh, no, we got the WBC. We have the WBC <laughs> come to order the unit for nobody. Yeah. And they found the only place in town that they could draw yeah. up some uniforms jerseys and things yeah they, jerseys <laughs> and things some, al, al sporting goods some stoner is working there that night <laughs> not expecting any sort of customer to come and all of a sudden you got the the representative for great britain who comes in and goes hey we need 26 to 30 uniforms made like right now and the guy just gets to work on the press mm-hmm. but don't you think in the entire nation of Great Britain, the entire country, you can't put together a group of seamstresses or something. Even if you, even if they put it in the calendar wrong, they're like, oh, what? 
The World Baseball Classic is, it's, it, what? It's coming up? Okay, great. You don't think that you can assemble a team quickly for the entire country for national pride to be able to stitch something up? Michelle, I think if you look at the uniforms, those question, that question has been answered. <laughs> they're it like, yo, all... yo, bro, this is this is a, a football country. <laughs> they're like, hey, I they don't even know deal we had with a tackle twill, you know? Right. Those are just pressed on logos. Yeah, no, it was Oliver at jerseys and things <laughs> at midnight working overtime, and he did and he did the best he could. So sorry about it, Great Britain. <laughs> Oliver Twist working. Exactly. Yeah. All right, is that it? That's pretty much it. I just wanted to get into Great Britain and uh, <laughs> Great Britain. What, what they had to offer for the tournament. Poor Great Britain. Do we, we have a returner today for the gauntlet, right? Yeah, we do. We have Sean S E A N, not S H A W. I was wondering. Good distinction. Yeah, so we beat Jamie yesterday, so he's back to take on Marsh or myself today. So 15 minutes, we got a returner for the gauntlet has Lars Newbar shifted your impression of him Michelle we are going to play you some audio that's going to disgust you too uh oh yeah from one of your favorites oh no yep that's next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN Michelle, has Lars Newbar shifted your impression of him to the yes. point where you're saying, okay, I'm I'm a big believer now in Lars. He's no longer a fourth outfielder. He's somebody that is an everyday Cardinal. Let's go. Yes and no. Oh. A, a little bit more yes than no, and we'll get into it. I'll tell you why. Okay. Wow. You're, look at you. You're teasing within the segment. <laughs> I like that. So when you used to host with Randy on Character and Smallman, one of the guests that you guys had on regularly was, of course, the great Greg Amzinger, mm-hmm. somebody that uh, you love, somebody that you love his work, the energy, the passion, the fact that he's a Cardinals fan. Greg Amzinger, the best, right? Greg's my guy, of course. Well, you're going to hate him after this. This is know. this is what he said about fan favorite, the Newt, last week on the opening draft. I think Newt Bar is going to be on the outside looking in. And I'm a big fan of his. I like the way he plays. These guys become a fan favorite in St. Louis because, you know, his tail's wagging so hard when he plays. He loves being out there. And I'm a big fan of guys like that. Lars Newt has got that love of the game in him, right? And I, that's a great thing. But from a talent perspective, you go around the outfield. I know there are a lot of people that are down on Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is a mega talent. Dylan Carlson's a former first-round pick. And this kid, Jordan Walker, he was also a first-round pick as well. I just think that the cream rises and Lars Newbar will be a fourth outfielder if Jordan Walker continues to progress like this. So you heard him right there, Michelle. Greg Amzinger saying that Lars Taylor Tatsui Newbar is Mm -hmm. not talented enough, and he (laughs) called him a dog on the field. He said he's, he's dogging it out there, I believe he said. He says tails wagging, yeah. which means he's he has a lot of it out there, he's enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he is kind of like a golden retriever puppy, though. How can you not smile when you watch Lars Newbar play baseball? Just like how can you not smile if you see a golden retriever puppy bounding towards you when you open the door? 
That is true. You know what I'm saying? He's got yeah. a little golden retriever in him, and we love him for that. And here's the thing about Lars Nupar, guys. I always loved the energy and the skill and the potential of Lars Nupar. When he when he would play for the Cardinals last season, he has a little bit of that spark plug in him. He's got the personality. Um, he He's a player that you always kind of thought, maybe given the runway to see what he could do, he could be somebody that can make an impact. Now, am I putting him on the same level as a Jordan Walker? Of course not. I'm not an idiot, right? Come on. We know Jordan Walker <laughs> is being is is potentially a franchise-altering player. And I kind of understand, I understand where Greg Amzinger is coming from because if Jordan Walker gets put on the roster and he continues to produce, you're going to have to find a spot for him no matter what. And things like this tend to work themselves out, whether it's Tyler O'Neill not being healthy or or Dylan Carlson maybe not uh, being where he needs to be or Lars Newport. One of the, one of these things will have a regression to the mean and it will work itself out. However, I learned a lot about Lars Newport during this World Baseball Classic because we knew he had the personality. We've seen the pepper grinder. We've we've seen him doing newt news. We know how funny he is. We know that he can make stellar defensive plays. We know that he's not really afraid of the moment. But the way that he has risen to have a leadership role with Team Japan and the way that he has embraced the world stage has shown me a lot about who he is as a player. And we always talk about not being afraid at the moment. Like, I I always look at Juan Yepes now heading into this season, and I think about the playoffs and how he was the guy to step up in the playoffs. The spotlight wasn't too big for him, and that tells me something about him. Same thing with Lars Nupar. The fact that you not only took this opportunity and ran with it, but that you ascended to be a star and a leader when the world was watching, that tells me a lot about your composure and your character. All right, guys, let's let's do a side-by-side, okay? Let's do Lars Newbar, Tyler O'Neill. All right? Okay. Hmm. Offensively, O'Neill or Newtbar? And feel free to be honest, and if you say uh, tie, then we'll go with the tie. But offensively, O'Neill or Newtbar? If he's healthy, Tyler O'Neill. Marsh? I agree. It's got to be O'Neal. If, if, I know the text line loves that word, if he can stay healthy. Okay. Defensively, O'Neal or the Newt? Which one of them's won gold gloves? O'Neal once. So I'm going to cast my vote for Tyler O'Neal. I like Lars Newtbar. He's been making some spectacular plays. Not only did he do that last year, Mm -hmm. but... He's doing it in the World Baseball Classic, too. I feel like he might be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say the athletic, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he can move around the field a little bit more than O'Neal. Not that O'Neal can't. O'Neal's pretty fast. He is pretty yeah, fast. He's he's sneaky fast. I don't know. I just, he's I, a big dude, but he's locomotive. The, the body type of O'Neal should never be able to have the type of speed he has. No, it's unreal. But he does. But he does. <laughs> It's hard to go against a gold glover, though. So, oh, so, you're, so you are saying, well, to I'm going to stick with Newt Bar. I like Newt Bar in the outfield. He makes right. those those cool plays. Okay, reliability. <laughs> Newt Bar. Newt Bar. Which one gave a rousing pregame talk to his WBC team? Newt Bar. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe Tyler O'Neill did for Team Canada, and we just didn't see it. Who knows? No, somebody would have posted that for maybe sure. Was, maybe he's like, I don't like the spotlight, guys. I want to do this in the clubhouse before we take the field. No cameras allowed. 
who's pepper grinding not only in America but also overseas? It's Lars Newpar. He's Mr. Right. Worldwide right yeah. now. He is making the mm-hmm. pepper grinder a worldwide commodity. Honestly, we should buy stock in pepper grinders. Mm-hmm. And finally, last but not least, which one of these guys is trying to recruit Shohei Otani to be a Cardinal? Mm. Mm. Again, that would be Lars Newpar. The choice side, is obvious. This side by side is a little biased. The don't you choice think? is yeah. obvious, Marsh. Newt's the guy. Okay? Yeah. So. Done deal on this. Amziger's wrong. Michelle, you're wrong. It's nude all the way. And the okay, okay. Why is the side between those two? The side by side is obvious. Why can't be nude? Yeah. Why? Why are we not throwing Carlson in the mix here? Why? Because he's a cold, dead hands guy from Mo. You know, he's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, he's a cold, dead hands guy. He's not going anywhere. So I'm gonna put the two guys who could potentially be on the move. I thought it'd be a lot closer between. Listen, you're not giving to DC. They weren't or giving up Dylan Carlson for one Soto, okay? He's not going anywhere. All right, <laughs> total one saying, for like, one. You know, it was a one for one. Anymore. Yep. I I will say this though, we have been okay. Adam Wainwright is still with the Cardinals, and he has a lot of personality. But Uncle Charlie, you know, we know it's the last year, right? Mm-hmm. With Albert gone, with Yachty gone, there is a bit of an identity shift with this Cardinals team. Goldie and Arenado are the leaders of the team, but they're not like the raw, raw media guys, right? They're not no. the they're the fan favorites for what they do on the field. And listen, they're great guys off the field, but I'm talking about personality. And Lars Newbar brings you the personality to the team. And I know at the end of the at the end of the day, all that matters is what you're doing to produce. I'm just saying I like that there is this young, enthusiastic player, and I think that that rubs off on these veteran guys. Like I said, how can you not be pumped if you're going out there and playing alongside Lars Newbar and you see, as Greg said, the joy that he has for the game? That infuses itself into the team, and we're seeing it with Team Japan, and I would love to see that happen with the Cardinals as well. I think Juan Yepes had that in him last year too, the way that he was always Albert Pujols' shadow. He was just so eager to learn and be a part of the team, that is a valuable commodity to have on a team. I wonder if Lars Newbar is executing what Harrison Bader tried bringing to the roster a few years ago, and since he couldn't produce offensively, a lot of people just kind of pushed that away, that kind of oh, I think new I, style of yeah. like flair and whatnot. Well, you can have as much flair as you want, right. but if, if you're not producing or you're not on the field, then all of that flair becomes annoying. Because mm-hmm. at one point, Michelle, you probably remember this, you both do, when Harrison Bader first came up, and it was the year that Mike Schilt replaced Matheny midseason, mm-hmm. Harrison Bader had a really good uh, August. Mm-hmm. Most of the Cardinals did. And Harrison Bader was this spark plug, and he was, you know, taking, you know, going first to third on on a single. And he was, you know, uh, taking third base. And I remember one time, I think I think it was like a shallow pop-up, and he raced, he raced home and, and scored. Harrison Bader was like the talk there for a while here. And everybody was at least – it's energetic. It's exciting. Look at him. This is great. And as soon as he stopped producing, he was like, this guy is annoying. You got to get him out of here. <laughs> All of his antics, you know, went from exciting to this guy is uh, a clown. So people will be shoving the pepper grinder, you know, where if Lars doesn't produce. That's the only thing. That's all I'm saying. Sounds painful. It, I, oh, yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> I would assume so on that pepper grinder. Where are they going to put it? On the shelf? on the shelf yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. they, they won't be using it because he's not uh he's not producing that's a good mm-hmm. call there marsh the gauntlet is next in the fast lane on 101 espn
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? We are just talking about Lars Newtbar, and I had thrown it out to Michelle and Marsh that, you know, Lars Newtbar is the one that's trying to recruit Shohei Otani, presumably, we don't know for a fact, but trying to recruit Shohei Otani to St. Louis. Marsh just threw it out there in the break, though, and I think we got to bring it to the airwaves because oh. I think it's a really smart point, Marsh. Same. Same. We might have this wrong. Maybe Shohei Otani is recruiting Newt to the Angels. Yeah. Hey, come play with me and Mike Trout. He's a California kid, right? Yeah. Just something to think about. All of a sudden, I went from feeling really excited about getting Shohei Otani to really depressed about losing the Newt. Mm -hmm. It was quick, the way Marsh did it, too. But it is something to think about. Just ruining your day. Yep, big time. Sean is back for round two of the gauntlet. What's up, Sean? What's going on, guys? Not much. So we got Michelle Smallman in for Jamie today. Marsh is here. I'm here. So, would uh, after you made quick work of Jamie yesterday, would you like to take on Marsh or myself in round two? We're going to go with Marsh today. Okay, Ooh. I like it. So Marsh is going to make his way into the cone of silence, but first got to tell him to spin the wheel. And Marsh, I also need the launch codes. Anthony, here are the launch codes. Hopefully there's actual questions on them today. Yeah, Michelle, it was pure comedy hour here yesterday. We opened up the launch codes, and question three and question four weren't there. I'm still baffled that you did not immediately see that. It took us like three minutes or so for you to figure it out. It it shows you how my mind works. I'm like, (laughs) question one, and that's it. And then when you showed me, like... Anthony, I don't think I have the re- I don't think I have the questions. I looked down and I looked at the only question that you were going to read next, which was question two. My mind didn't go to three or four until like four minutes later. So a little slow on the uptick there. All right, Sean, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Marsh, spin that wheel. All right, nice. I like the flavor on that too. Yeah. So Sean and Marsh, get the hell out of here. I mean, what are we doing, Marsh? What are you hoping for, Sean? Uh, you know, I'd like to go random today. I think yesterday was a precursor of something good. Okay. So I know what it is, but Marsh still is. T- there we go. Okay. Marsh is making his way out of the cone of silence. Michelle, we always wanted want it to be a surprise for the host. It's football today. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Landed on foosball. So I'm going to let Michelle get her questions out. I'm going to dive into the launch codes right now so it'll be sean versus marsh round two and the category is football michelle are you good to go i am good to go sir okay so four questions for sean same four questions for marsh each question is worth two points unless marsh or sean need the options and then those questions are only worth one point sean are you ready am ready question number one There were 140 total points scored in the highest scoring college football game of the 2022 season. Houston lost 77 to 63 to which opponent? So who did Houston lose to uh, lose to 77 to 63? I'm going through my brain on what conference they're in and it's it's slipping my mind. So I have to take the options. Sure. TCU. SMU or Texas Tech? 
think TCU could put up 77 points. So I, I'm going to go with TCU final answer. All right. Question number two, which Battle Hawks receiver was drafted in the 2019 NFL draft by Arizona, never played a game with the Cardinals, but did play two NFL games with the Philadelphia Eagles? I am clueless on that one, so I'm going to have to take the options. Is it Darius Shepard, Austin Prohl, or Hakeem Butler? Um, I'm going to go with Hakeem Butler, final answer. All right, Sean, question number three. Two quarterbacks led the NFL with 15 interceptions last season. Davis Mills was one. Who's the other? Uh, Can you repeat the question again? Sure. Two quarterbacks led the NFL with 15 interceptions thrown last season. Davis Mills was one. Which? Who was the other? I want to make sure, are you saying quarterback or cornerback? Quarter, quarterback. As in quarter, okay. Yeah. Um, I have an idea, but I want to make sure if it's one of the options. I'll take the options, but I kind of have an idea who it is. Sure. Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Oh, not the one I was thinking of, but I am going to go with Dak Prescott, final answer. Who are you thinking of? I was thinking Justin Fields. Okay. Final question, question number four. The longest successful field goal of the 2022 NFL regular season was a 62-yarder made by which kicker? I'm just going to take a random guess. Harrison Butker, final answer. Okay. All right, let's bring back Marsh. How you feeling, Sean? Not too good, to be quite honest, but it's okay. (laughs) Not too good. All right, so Marsh is making his way back from the cone of silence right now. He's taking his customary sip of water. He's walking up to the microphone. You ready to go, Marsh? Let's do it. What category do you want? Uh, I don't want random. All right. It is not random. It's football today. Ooh, I haven't won one time in football. No? Although I've been close. So hopefully I can get a victory today. All right, there you go. Question number one, Marsh. There were 140 total points scored in the highest scoring college football game of the 2022 season, where Houston lost 77 to 63 to which school? Oh boy. Is that the American Conference? Is that what it's called? Their logo's got an A. Houston. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not even going to act like I know the answer to this one. <laughs> Let's go with the options. TCU, SMU, Texas Tech. Ooh. Texas Tech. They, they're, they've been known to be in some shootouts before. I don't think it's TCU. Because I feel like... That would have made their uh, points per game go up. And we know that Tennessee, from a previous gauntlet... To uh, Tennessee. Yeah, was the uh, the leader in the country in that. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. I know they, they've they've been known to have some, some shootouts before, so let's go with Texas Tech. Final answer. 
Question number two, Marsh. Which Battlehawks receiver was drafted in the 2019 NFL Draft by Arizona, never played a game with the Cardinals, but did play two NFL games with the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, wow. Um, is it Darius Shepard? Let's go with the options. Is it Darius Shepard, mm. Austin Prohl, or Hakeem Butler? Man, you know what? Austin Prohl, I believe. I believe. I don't think it was him. And Hakeem Butler's story, the way that he's made the team, doesn't make me believe that maybe he also uh, played in the NFL. So I'm going to go with Darius Shepard. It was my first first thought, so I'll, I'll stick with him. Final answer. Question three. Marsh, two quarterbacks led the NFL with 15 interceptions thrown last season. Davis Mills and which other QB? 15? Yep. Wow, was it Josh Allen? Josh Allen, he threw a lot. I think it was Josh Allen. What other quarterback could it be? What other terrible quarterback is there out in the NFL who probably still has a starting job? Um, I'm going to go with Josh Allen, final answer. Final question, question number four. The longest successful field goal of the 2022 NFL regular season was a 62-yarder made by which kicker? Uh, first thought is Justin Tucker. However, I don't know if he actually did. Um, let's narrow it down. Let's use the options. Is it Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker, or Greg Joseph? You know what? It was Greg Joseph, Vikings kicker, final answer. Okay, let's go over these today. Sean versus Marsh. Sean wins today. He advances for an opportunity to win a gauntlet trophy tomorrow. There were 140 total points scored in the highest scoring college football game of the 2022 season where Houston lost 77 to 63 to which college? You guys both took the options. Sean, you went TCU. Marsh, you went Texas Tech. Now, Marsh, you had pointed out that you believe that Houston plays in the A Conference. Yeah. Which is the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TCU's a Big 12 school. So is Texas, Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a 12th, uh, Big 12 school. Yeah. Michelle, correct yeah. answer is? The correct answer is SMU. SMU plays in the American athletic conference but nonetheless guys I know. there's two good guesses I went there. against my my initial thought you did so zero zero tie between sean and marsh which battle hawks receiver was drafted in the 2019 nfl draft by arizona never played a game with the cardinals but did play two nfl games with the philadelphia eagles sean you took the options you went hakeem butler marsh you said i don't think it's hakeem butler i'm gonna go with the guy that i said initially darius shepherd correct answer is Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler. So Sean's got a 1-0 one, one awesome. lead on Marsh. Two quarterbacks led the NFL with 15 interceptions thrown last season. Davis Mills and which other QB? Sean, you took the options. You went Dak Prescott, 
Marsh, you did not take the options. You went Josh Allen, which I thought was a really good guess. He turned the ball over a lot. Correct answer is? The correct answer is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, unfortunately. Though not right on Josh Allen. The longest successful field goal of the 2022 NFL regular season was a 62-yarder made by which kicker? Marsh, after hear, hearing the options, you said, oh, I know, it was Greg Joseph of the Vikings. Sean, you went with Harrison Bucker. Correct answer is? Harrison Bucker. Sean didn't need the options on that one either. Sean. You have chosen wisely. Like a hot knife through butter today. Sean didn't even (laughs) feel good about this one. 4-0 on Marsh. Congratulations, Sean. You have an opportunity tomorrow against me to win yourself a gauntlet trophy. Nice job, man. Feeling it all about this, Marsh. Uh, good game. I yikes! Wow, I got smoked. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's being nice. He's being classy. Yeah, extending the hand. I appreciate. Sean that. is speechless right now. <laughs> I mean, speechless. He, he, you know what he did, Anthony? As you took, always say, took he took the behind. hammer and he hit me oh, over the head with it. I thought you were going to say he took me behind the woodshed. Oh no, no. <laughs> No, maybe he'll do that to you tomorrow he and get might. another gauntlet. We have not won in quite some time. It's been bad, Michelle. You All guys, right. Every time I fill in, there's someone competing for a gauntlet championship. It's I'm not. Michelle. Michelle. Five in a row we've lost. Wow. Oh. <laughs> well, Talk about Sean, being taken behind the woodshed, guys. The I mean. odds are good uh, for you tomorrow to get yourself a trophy. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, go ILL. I and I, Sean. Now you know I'm cheering for you, buddy. Yeah, there you go. Nice. All right, Sean. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> we'll call you tomorrow. All right. All righty. You know, Simo is playing tonight, guys. Yeah. Let's give let's give Simo a little love. All right. Yeah. The Red a Hawks. Love to Simo. S-E. Emma. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's their chant, well, it but is now. it is now. It is now. Damn right I'll it is. I'll be at the TV tonight. Guys, this is not good. With this gauntlet, I mean, ever sw- ever since we switched formats, we we went from kings mm-hmm. of the castle to this king of the castle, king of the castle. I mean, it's been bad. And now it's like, can you survive the cakewalk? Yeah, like, that's, that's right. Basically, what basically it is. what it is. Do you think it's because you've taken yourselves out of your areas of expertise? I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Yes. Why did you do that to yourselves? Yeah, we thought it'd be you know switch it up a little bit. People were complaining all the time that they had to go against Jamie in hockey, and yeah, now he's won, like, one gauntlet, and he's taking more days off now because he's <laughs> probably seeing a therapist, I imagine. I mean, it's been nasty. It's been real nasty. Not let's get nasty. It's mm-hmm. just been terrible. You know what? Um, for this town, quote-unquote, not being a football town, our listeners are 9-1 and one in Gauntlet 2.0 in the category of football. Well, let's be real. We know it's a football town. Exactly. Damn I don't right. care what Good anyone call. lies, what lies they throw out there. We uh, know it's a football town. Have don't I, you get me going? I think I asked you this before. Is this, yeah, we, we are going to get you going a little bit later on, I think, on that same topic. <laughs> topic. Uh, did I have a football, football one yet? I don't Anthony, think I've had one, have I? You are 1-0 in football. You have I the, the one. one. Nice. <laughs> All right. Way to go. Come on, wheel. Yeah. Spin more football Jamie's 0-5. I am 0-4. I think I'd so. be pretty good at random. I was just skiing last weekend, and we played Jeopardy, and I crushed. Did you? 
Yeah, I was even surprised. I mm. guess I have a lot of useless knowledge up there. That a girl. Michelle is 1-0 and in the gauntlet. Nice. Which category did she get? Rando? I believe it was hockey, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa, hockey? That is a shock. <laughs> Good for you, so, Or maybe, you know what, it might have been baseball. I don't know. That seems a little more likely. I think it was either, if I remember correctly, it was either hockey, baseball, football, or random, if I remember correctly. Yeah, one of those four yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt. City SC absolutely rolling. But why? Why did nobody see this coming? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Michelle was getting a little nervous there. I'm not going to lie. I was. I heard the music <laughs> going. I was like, where's where's my boy Anthony Stalter? Came in right as the music was playing. We You kind of get to know what the breaks, like how long the breaks are going to be. Yeah. And there are times where like, I'm running a little longer here than I probably should. My favorite's when... Uh... I'm like, all right, guys, we're coming back in one minute. And Jamie's like, all right, I'm going to go get a water. You're not going to make it, Jamie. All right, City SC. Michelle, I know this is, this is a team that's near and dear to your heart. You're, yep. uh, one, you, you played soccer in high school, and you've always loved this sport. So you grew up with it. It's this team specifically, I know that you wanted to be involved in any way, shape, or form, whether it was, you know, meeting with Carol Kendall Betts or – um, you know, being part of, uh, of some of the announcements or the stadium or the kit. So I know that this is kind of a, a team that not only 3-0 isn't exciting, but is one that, again, that's kind of near and dear to your heart. The question I have, and I I, I wanted to talk about this last week, and I think Jamie and I got, got, off rail, got off track a little bit, but in your opinion, somebody that knows the sport well, somebody that has followed the way the team was constructed, maybe even somebody, Michelle, and I don't want, I don't want to just assume this, but – I would imagine that you, you do follow the league and maybe what some of the pundits are saying. Why do you think that City has jumped out to such a fast start and maybe has caught certain pundits off guard? Well, I think that the team was always going to be a bit underestimated because it's an unproven commodity. When you're building something from scratch and you have a very condensed time period to put a team together and give them off-season training and have them in the in the preseason trying to put it all together, there is, of course, going to be a bit of skepticism about whether or not they're going to be able to find that identity and that cohesion right away. So if you're someone that gets paid to prognosticate on a team why would you oversell what you think an expansion team is going to be? I think it's just human nature to think yeah. it might take them a year or two to figure it out. Yeah, but you put it they, a safe play. Yeah, they've got a, a, a lot of nice, nice pieces, but I think it might take them a while to gel. I said the same thing. I do the Soccer 101 podcast with Moon Valjean, of course, from the Rizzuto Show on 105.7 The Point, our sister station. And we talked about that and how even though we know this team has hired the right people in Lutz Fon and Steel and Bradley Carnell and John Hackworth and everybody involved in this operation has done everything to perfection, right down to crossing the last T and dotting the final I, 
there's there's still going to be a bit of a calibration period and it doesn't seem like there has been and i think that that underestimation from clubs about a new team coupled with the fact that this team has a very good style of attack that that pressing style of attack and the Mm. fact that coach carnell has been able to make some really good adjustments in game and per the opposition i think they have taken a lot of people by surprise now they also have come behind three times and that's likely not sustainable and they've gotten a lot of lucky bounces and and ball breaks their way during the games which i also don't think is sustainable so even though everything has been amazing up until this point and it's been so fun to watch and has far exceeded any expectations, I think, on the pitch that people have had, I do wonder how sustainable it is. I, you know, you, you do bring up a good point, and we a lot of people have, have texted in into, especially after the first home game, and people have been very realistic about it. They're like, this is exciting. I was there. It was awesome. I can't wait for the next game, not only the next home game, but the next game that we can watch on, you know, Apple TV, and this is this is great, and I'm behind it and all that. So there, are, there have been some people that are like, well, you know what, the first, uh, I don't know, certain amount of goals were basically their own goals or ones that – were egregious errors by the opponent. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many times you can break down the fact that St. Louis may have pressured pressured the opponent into those mistakes, it is still the the opponent making the mistake at the end of the day. So people have brought that up. But, But my question is this. Okay, Austin, very good team. Right over the last couple of years, very yes. good team, and I don't pretend to know the league. I've been very honest about this. I'm I'm learning each team. Charlotte didn't look good from my from my standpoint. Not not a team that is a contender. Portland looked pretty good, but nothing that I haven't seen a team thus far that's like, oh, okay, this this makes why you know City SC would be ranked behind them. It's not like the XFL where to me. Houston, D.C., St. Louis, long pause, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, D.C., D.C., well, the Battlehawks hung with D.C. a week ago. We'll see how they do in the rematch. It's still D.C. They, the Battlehawks never had control of that game. And Houston, you haven't even faced Houston yet. Houston's the best team in the league, in my opinion. There's a clear drop-off there. I haven't seen it thus far, even in three games or some other MLS action that I've caught, where it's like that team looks way better than City SC. So I'm, get, I'm I'm wondering why, even though, to your point, Michelle, people played it safe and it's expansion team, it might take a, a season or two to get going. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody that's really been head and shoulders better in the MLS. So I'm thinking from a roster construction, too, City seems to have some of the elements that w- it, it would be sustainable that they would have a good first year. Well, one of the things that we're seeing is that even though there are certainly exciting players, you know, there's there's a Klaus, there's a Stroud, uh, that this is really a team that yeah. that it's not greater than the sum of its parts, and they're playing really well as a team, which to this point I think is still very surprising. Even though you knew that you had the the right people at the helm to put a culture in place, that stuff does take time. I mean, Anthony, you and I have started shows from scratch, and even though the first couple shows could go really well, you don't feel like you really know your partner or your teammates or hit your stride for a while. So the fact that they're already playing with that mentality and you're seeing it out on the pitch I think speaks tremendously to the leadership that's been put into place that has everybody buying in. You know, and, and to Michelle, you, you can help me with this aspect of it, but in baseball, 
you want to build up the middle, right? Like you want to be mm-hmm. strong up the middle. Things changed a little bit when you had the shift, but now that the shift has been regulated, it's still all right. Your catcher, your second baseman, your shortstop, your center fielder. Defensively, you want to be strong up the middle, and then you can have powers on the corner and all that. Football. In my opinion, people are like, oh, you need a quarterback and a wide receiver. No, you need a quarterback. You need the two lines. You start there. So you, yeah. you could build build there. And if you have that, not, you, can, you, can build, you can build a winner quickly. Hockey, right? Goaltender, strong, you can be strong up the middle as well. Defensively, guys that are willing to play that 200-foot game, you know, center, strong, whatever. Basketball, there's certain elements. So... Does St. Louis City, the city have that that element where they've got, in my opinion, really good goaltender in Berkey. Mm-hmm. They have guys defensively that are good. The Klaus seems to be kind of this immovable object up front that is tough to get position on. So, do they, are they built a certain way that does lead to maybe them having more success early on? Well, I think we're seeing that play out in motion, right? Like to have that pressing style of attack, they obviously are are we're finding players that up front are really taking steps towards like one player, for instance, is Nico Giacchini. He's gonna be on our Soccer One on One podcast. We're taping with nice. him tomorrow. He's a player that has really emerged in these first three games as a forward that is capable of impacting a game and making plays. And you're seeing him in the mix when good things are happening. And I think that as the team continues to play and players like him step up and you you start to see more identity points come forward then we can say okay this is what the team is going to be but kind of like you know how John Mosellock will say things Anthony and even though he doesn't spell it out if you know the Mo decoder you can kind of gather what he's saying he doesn't ever lie yeah you're reading between the lines he kind of just comes out and says what it is I feel like Lutz and Coach Carnell have been that, but on a 10. Like, they have straight up, straight up come out and said, this is our plan of attack. We're going to have this high-intensity, attacking, pressing style of play, mm-hmm. and, and this is how we're going to execute it. And they have done that so far. Yeah. Like, they have made no bones about the way that they want their system to be. The results have been, well, uh, I would say perfect. It- yeah, usually when you're undefeated, it's, it's pretty it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. San Jose is the next matchup for City SC. Uh, they will play, I believe, on Saturday night. Is that is that matchup? They're going to play San Jose. So, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking to see one. They they have a record that they could break, obviously. So that that would be interesting. But if you're the MLS, you've got to be stoked for the way this has played out thus far, with the oh, the new stadium opening up, the fact that. City seems to have some personality to it. It's a it's a really good story. Yeah, it's San Jose, seven thirty, and that's their second home game. On Can Saturday. you if you're in the league offices and there had been those start and stop those false start attempts with the MLS in St. Louis, are you just counting your blessings every day, being like? This this couldn't have landed in the hands of a, a better group. It could, it could, I mean, it it is really producing for the league on a big big level. Oh, whether certainly. whether it's from results, whether it's from the beautiful new park they have, the attendance, the merchandise, the eyes that city is bringing to the app. I mean, it, it's a big win for the league. No doubt. That's Michelle Smallman. She's filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Let's do a very quick. NFL segment will update you on the latest with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. There was one signing 
that was made today by the Jets that you would think would lead to Aaron Rodgers going to New York. And uh, one big-time player is heading back to the team that uh, he played with last year. A little bit of a surprise. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A hundred different hands on my body. That, of course, is one man, Aaron Rodgers. And when he's talking about a hundred million hands on his body, he's talking about, of course, his ancestors. Aaron Rodgers, total weirdo. Even if it was ghosts or ancestors, that's a crowded room. That is a very crowded room, Michelle. Absolutely. And I doubt all of them are washing their hands when they come in. So we're talking about uh, a crowded dirty room that Aaron Rodgers wants to be a part of. Maybe that's why he pivoted this year and went solo in the darkness. Was he solo, though? We have no idea. Scary movie 12. (laughs) Scary movie 12. Yep. But what would be the point of going to a darkness and silence retreat to be alone with your thoughts for three days if you were going to be in a room with other people? I'd be like, let's bust out of here. (laughs) Let's get out of here. I'm starving. I'm so over this. It's been 22 minutes. (laughs) Listen, I'm starving. I still have steak and shake down the road. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can get someone here in 22 minutes. Yeah, so we'll give you the... I'm here. <laughs> I'm Aaron I'll call Rogers. the Jets. They'll send, a, they'll send a plane. That's right. I don't know if I'm going to play for them, but uh, I'll get there. Speaking of which, the Jets signed Alan Lazard to a $44 million contract. Alan Lazard, former Packer, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers' buddy, signs with the Jets. I, it, nothing is official yet, but Michelle, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point too where I'm like, is he going to the Jets or yes. is he really considering retirement? No, he's going to the Jets. Come on. Uh, the report is out there that he gave the Jets his wish list of. Is anybody else pa- annoyed by that? Why? I, I just let, the, ahead, G, let the GM build the damn Is team. he even on the team yet? No, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing, guys. He's got all the leverage in the world. This is a man that loves attention. He loves power. He thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And he's a great football player. They're desperate to get him. He can he can ask for whatever he wants. He could ask for the owner suite every game. And I bet the owner will give it to him because they are desperate to land this guy. So when when he gives them the list and Alan Lazard is on it, they're thinking, yeah, okay, what mm-hmm. do we got to pay him? Let's go out there and get him. If that's going to get us Aaron Rodgers, we're going to go ahead and do it. Because they, this is the Jets. They have been looking for a franchise quarterback for how long? They've been looking to Joe win Namath. For, for how long? And Aaron Rodgers wants to come there? You better believe they're going to give Alan Lazard the contract. Mm-hmm. You better believe they're calling up Randall Cobb. I bet Odell Beckham is on a plane to New York, New York right now. I mean, they're going to do whatever it takes to get this guy. This is just here's, – here's my other thing, though, on this. Okay, because you're right, Michelle. You're absolutely right. He's got all the leverage. It's the Jets. They haven't won since Joe Namath. I'm with you on that. They're – you talk about the Browns being the factory of sadness. I'm sure Jets fans, when they hear that, are like, you're not even in the picture, Browns. Okay, totally. you've had you've had some success. Now, the Jets did go, in fairness to our guy Rex Ryan, they did go to back-to-back yeah. AFC title games with yeah. Mark Sanchez. So, yeah, commemorative tattoo they, on a sexy Rexy. You absolutely, know? yeah. Loves so him some feet. There was some... <laughs> 
some success. I don't know why I threw that in there. <laughs> I don't, well, you know why you threw it in there. You just got the videos. Uh, but when it comes to the Jets, you're right. This is this is a disaster of an organization. They're like, all right, you know, let's get Aaron Rodgers, even if for, even if it's just for a season. Who are they competing against? Like, let's take a step back here. The Raiders signed Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. The Panthers said we would rather give up a ton of draft compensation and our number one wide receiver to go up and draft the next guy. And I get it. I understand that because Aaron Rodgers is not a long-term play. Sure. The Saints somehow are figuring out how to fit Derek Carr into their cap, even though they have been a cap mess forever. But they didn't go for Aaron Rodgers. There's other quarterbacks, and I know the Saints are in the NFC and the Panthers are in the NFC, but there's been other quarterback desperate teams. How about the Colts? You tell me the Colts wouldn't have any interest? What about the Falcons? Oh, hell no. Well, they already have a quarterback. We already have yeah, a guy. Right. We've got we uh, Taylor Heineke. We've got Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. And Tyler Heineke. I mean, come on, guys. Desmond Ritter is the, the, only guy, the only guy to ever lead a group of five team mm-hmm. to the college football Final Four. And Taylor Heineke. Do I need to say, in, uh, guys, uh, you really? Pride of the They've Battle got their quarterbacks and pride of the American Athletic Conference. You're, you're damn right. Yeah. Thank you, Marsh. No mm-hmm. doubt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But what? Who? Who are the Jets competing against? The Jets have been the only team thus far that have shown interest in Aaron Rodgers. Why? So, so that's an amazing point and an amazing question. Thank you. But also, a couple days ago, we got word that the Packers and the Jets had essentially ironed everything out, right? That they Mm -hmm. had been in in communication and they're just kind of waiting on Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, The Jets then go out and make this move today to get Alan Lazard to further move this process along and satisfy A.A. Ron. But everyone in the league talks. All these GMs are calling each other. They're trying to make deals. You don't think that word had gotten out that Aaron Rodgers or that the Jets and the Packers had essentially had these conversations and that's why the Raiders went out and got Jimmy G.? It's a great counter. It's a great counter. Thank you. But I'm going to see your, uh, I don't know at this point where we are in the poker game. But counter? I'm going to see your counter and raise yeah. you a Deshaun Watson. The Browns were out. The Browns were out on Deshaun Watson. He was either going to the Falcons or he was going to the Saints, and that was it. And what did the Browns do? They said, you know what? Let's get stupid. And mm-hmm. let's give him this two hundred and fifty million guarantee or thirty million guarantee contract. Want to be the first time they did that? They, they get they get stupid a lot. Mm-hmm. That Cleveland Browns so team, dumb. we they get very dumb. dumb. They get stupid. Yeah, the Brown. Every single time that they wake up, the Browns like management, the ownership. They they wake up and they say, "Let's get stupid." Mm-hmm. They got their guy, right? They got their guy, Deshaun Watson. Are you telling me, Michelle? You've watched a lot of football. You've studied a lot of football. You've studied a lot of off-season football. That another team wouldn't say screw it let's let's blow the packers out of the water here with an offer we're going to get aaron rodgers instead nobody's done that yes counter to your counter to my counter to your original point okay it has to be a team that aaron rodgers is interested in going no, to you're right about that and that list is incredibly small it has to be a team that could be a contender. It has to be in a market that he desires. And it has to be a team where he knows that he can exude as much control as he wants. And I think that's a big factor in this as well. Is he's like, hey, 
I may or may not come to your team, but here's my wish list. <laughs> I go right it. back in that hole with all my ancestors, That's okay? Right. I don't have to That's play right. for your team. I could do a 12-day cleanse and just forget all about this football nonsense. <laughs> but in the meantime, here's my wish list. Go ahead, fulfill it if you please. Right. How many teams, how many front offices, how many ownership groups are willing to concede that type of control to Aaron Rodgers? They have to have a need at quarterback, and they have to be very, very desperate. Enter the New York Jets. No, that's a good call. All right, checkmate. You got me. Uh, final <laughs> thing before we before we move on. Aaron Rodgers will be on the Pat McAfee show oh, noon local time. Uh, maybe we'll get the decision part two. How about him? I mean, he's hold, he's he's holding everybody hostage. As sick as I am of talking about I it. I kind of want to see it, and I kind of want to complain about it. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be open with you guys. I really want to continue to complain about this because Aaron Rodgers, uh, he just, he annoys me more mm-hmm. than any other athlete. Why does he annoy you so much? Go ahead, Anthony, tell it's, us why. It is, it is the pompous nature of Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I'm the smartest guy in the room, Aaron Rodgers. The you drafted Jordan Love and broke my heart, so I'm gonna told you hostage and then check out last year which he clearly did because he wasn't happy with everything like i just throw mike mccarthy under the bus aaron aaron Rodgers. even though mike mccarthy when he first got there completely redid his entire throwing motion to help him now mike now mike mccarthy's a boob like it just (laughs) it nothing is ever aaron Rodgers' fault nothing the whole scotch thing it's just what I think of, hey, I'd like to have a beer with that guy. This is the opposite of that. Whatever that is, it's the opposite of that with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think he'd rather have a kombucha, to be honest. Which ticks me off, too. You know what I mean? But I don't I... care about my gut health right now. <laughs> Probiotics, very important. But um, I will say this, guys. He has complained and blamed everyone else for years, to your point, Anthony. And now he's seemingly finally going to break free and go somewhere else don't you want to see if he can do it don't you want to see if in fact he does have all the magic that he claims to still have we we know who he's been historically but what is it going to look like somewhere else i i want to see it happen just like i wanted to see brady break away from belichick Mm -hmm. i wanted to see ultimately who was more at fault who was more to praise who was more to blame and i want to see it happen with aaron Rodgers too how much of this was green bay's fault and how much of it is just you not being able to be pleased by anything around you me or aaron Rodgers? Either one. <laughs> Fair point. I want to see it, too. I want to see him fail. Uh, Eagles <laughs> re-signed cornerback James Bradbury to a three-year, $38 million contract. So the Eagles get their, their one of their top corners back. Uh, kind of a big deal when it comes to that. All right. Want to do a sports six back next? Let's do that next, Marsh. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Oh, you want to go rapid fire? Yes. Okay. Let's do a rapid fire sports six back next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. All right, time for a quick sports six-pack with Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh, go. Question number one. No. Second one. No. What? Go ahead. 
Anthony, you're already tripping me up. Sorry. From the 314, guys, last year my bracket got blown up and could not recover from St. Peter's versus Kentucky. Nobody warned me. Is there a <laughs> grenade in the first round that I should at least think two seconds about? Oh, wow. In the first round, I don't think we're going to see a St. Peter's type run this year. Uh, just look, hold on. I'm looking at this this bracket right now. Sam, I just pulled it up. Like a really you know, here's, sneaky. Here's the thing. I never win my brackets. Manager, manager. And I could give you one, but don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm doing either. I pick Illinois every year and they never win. Well, that's probably <laughs> why you got to bet against them. I, I always do two that's brackets, do. Anthony. One with my head and one with my heart. Okay. The one with my head doesn't win either. I... The only the only teams that I would take a strong look at are teams like Charleston, who shoot the three well, and Colgate. I was gonna say Colgate. Yeah, too. who shoot the three well. But I, I, I really like Texas this year. But the thing is, if you've if you have a team like we saw, was it last year, or the year before, Auburn made a deeper run because they they just kept hitting their threes. If a team like Colgate or Charleston they're on from beyond the arc that's when they can kind of create havoc for a round or two nobody saw st Pe- st peter's didn't see st peter's coming that's right last year. they were even playing well in the first half of the year last year and they just kind of caught fire at the right time so i'm going to say no but take a strong look at charleston who's a 12 seed or maybe even colgate who's a 15 seed i'll stick with charleston to answer the question though question number two from the 636 which player this spring will not translate when it comes to the regular season so like which players hitting hitting well or performing well that will not translate to the regular yes. season. yes hmm. so we have to pick a player that we like and basically crap on them that's I what you're that saying question. i think that's kind of <clears throat> or I'll get, I'll... or we could switch it okay go the opposite way so somebody's then that's not so like continue well. well almost everyone's performing well no that's going to continue then. oh continue okay oh or uh, we could crap on. Some I players. think Donovan. I think I think Brandon Donovan's power is for real. I love your Donnie baseball pick. Thank you. I am going to say Lars Newtbar continues. He's going to take this World Baseball Classic energy, and it's going to translate to the Cardinals. Okay. And Adam Wainwright won't be a problem soon. Question number three. From the 618, do the Bears take the North next year? The NFC North. The NFC North, the Mm -hmm. wide open NFC Mm -hmm. North. I'm going to say no. Who do you got? Your Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, of course. course. I'm going to pick the Lions. It's not a bad call by Michelle. They're going to be the they're going to be the fun pick, though. And the fun pick doesn't doesn't usually translate. I'm going to go with the Packers. Hmm. My anti-Aaron Rodgers hate is going to extend beyond Rodgers himself. He's going to go to the Jets. <laughs> He's going to be miserable. The Jets aren't going to win because they're the Jets. And Jordan Love is going to take the Packers to the postseason, which Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year. Packers win the NFC North. Wow, you really dislike Aaron Rodgers. I, do, I really do. And I I'm open that. with that. I'm open and I'm honest about it. I love that for you. I'm openly rooting against him okay so we should write this down i have the lions anthony has the packers and marshy has the vikings mm-hmm. none of us picked the bears and this so texture is all about the bears yeah, yeah. so we got text- it covered again yeah mm-hmm. we'll see who who emerges victorious i think i'll be biting kneecaps all the way to my victory wow 
The bears Damn are going to bear. I'll leave it at that. Question number four. They get a good running game, though, especially at the quarterback position. From the 573, what are your thoughts on Jakub Vrana so far during his time as a blue? Well, I love the fact that he's got two goals. That's, that's kind of mm-hmm. hard to beat. I mean, Cap, both Kapanen and Verona have have produced thus far, but it's still only two games, and this is a player that, well, I had a lot of success in Washington and a lot of talent around him, and then the bottom really dr- fell out in Detroit because he's had the off ice issues and all that. So uh, I think I think he's off to a really good start, but that's that's as far as I'm going to go on that. Michelle's with me. 100%. Two games, it. small sample size. Yeah, very small. All right, it's the... Oh, I was I was like pausing because I thought we needed to run through these. How many did we get to? Yeah, we, we only got to four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really I, was like, I was pausing. I thought we were going to like Ah, we massacred the, the, the clock on yeah. that one, yeah. All okay. right, it's the uh, Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We got... We're off a little bit early tonight because we got SEMO. We got SEMO. We're yeah. airing SEMO's first four matchup tonight. So we'll have the pregame 5:30 right here on 101 ESPN. So we're gonna we're gonna get a little SEMO basketball in. So let's do the biggest question of the day. And Marsh kind of warned Michelle and I that this this could get a little controversial here. It's the biggest question of the day. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Five oh seven. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Michelle Smallman filling in for Jamie Rivers. Michelle will be back tomorrow. By the way, I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh, you kind of warned Michelle and I about this. You said that. Question of the day, Mike, might be a little controversial here in St. Louis. Kind of a hot, hot button issue. Yeah, yeah. We got a text from Daniel, and Daniel wanted to know if St. Louis could warm up to the idea of the NFL coming back. After what they did to us, Daniel? Really? Uh, I think so if the NFL, Michelle, were to give us our own team. And I mean, like not St. Louis. Nope. This like a St. Louis born team, like the Stallions. No, I don't want the sta- I don't want to. No, take not the, the Stallions. Hawks yeah, league. yeah. Well, that's what the team was originally going I to be called. But it's terrible. I'm sorry if you were yeah. part of that process that thought of that. I don't know. Anthony, that was terrible. Born. You don't no, like not the you, Stallions? but whoever oh, okay. whoever is listening right now. Yeah. You're telling me you don't like the Stallions? An Italian yourself? You don't like wow. the Stallions? Fo- not for a football team, Michelle. No. Okay, I'm just saying. No. But yeah, I do think it's got to be because here's why the Battle Hawks work. One, pure chip on the shoulder rage against Kroenke in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be honest about it. St. Louis is showing up just to give the middle finger to the NFL and Kroenke. And I'm on board board with it, okay? Sign me up all day long for some anger, okay? I'm with it. But let's just be real about that anger. The other part is that St. Louis, the Battle Hawks, that's your first St. Louis-born football team. So if it was a St. Louis-born football team, and I don't think it would hurt if the NFL said, you know what? We screwed up, all right? We messed up. Clearly... St. Louis can not only support 
an NFL team. It will thrive as long as the football team is actually trying to win games. We're sorry. Here's an expansion team, St. Louis's own, and we're not going to name it the Stallions. I think people will would be fired up for that, Michelle. Not everybody, but I think the majority of the people. You know, do I think that St. Louis should get back into business with the NFL? No. I think when someone or something shows you who they are, believe them. And we have seen what the NFL thinks of St. Louis multiple times. Uh, they're bad people, and I don't want to do business with them. However... We have shown time and time again, conversely, that we are a football town. And yes, there are some people showing up to see the Battle Hawks to give the middle finger to Kroenke in the NFL. But what about the people that packed the dome for the Rams when they were terrible? What about them? It's because they love football and they love to support their team. Mm -hmm. St. Louis was always a good football town. And it doesn't matter that some guy with a bad rug nationally said otherwise. He was lying to get what he wanted. St. Louis deserves a football team. And I am very curious about the, what the temperature is, boots on the ground in the 314. And happy 314 day, by the way, guys. Happy oh, yeah, St. happy Louis 314. Day. Yeah, shout out to our place. Um, but the dust has settled a little bit. St. Louis has won the lawsuit. The Rams have won the Super Bowl. That, that wound, it might not be healed, but it's at least been sutured. You know, the chapter mm-hmm. is done. You've got the XFL. You've got excitement surrounding football back in St. Louis. The dome is rocking. I'm wondering if this, the temperature has shifted a little bit with St. Louis football fans. That if the NFL is paying attention and somehow is like, you know, we're not drawing a lot of crowds in some other places. Maybe we should put a team back in St. Louis. What do you guys think? I wonder right. if it were to happen, if St. Louis would support. I think they would. I do. I think they would. The success thus far of City SC, which we knew was going to happen, but the success of City SC, the success of the Battle Hawks, St. Louis very prideful about supporting their teams. I think if you get further enough, you know, time heals all wounds. You get further enough away from it. Again, I, I don't think it would hurt if the NFL would just say, hey, we uh, – we're listen, listening to Kroenke and Jerry Jones, bunch of fools. Uh, we need to put a we, – we, we want some of that action again. We want some of that St. Louis action again. But we're going to do it right this time. We're going to get an owner that cares and an owner that cares to be there, and we're going to give you your own team. What do you think? I think people would show up. But here's where the, the problem lies, is that they're never going to apologize for what they did to our city. They're never going to cut ties with Kroenke and Jerry Jones. And inherently, if you support the team, even if it's a homegrown team, they give us our own deal, we grow it from the ground up, you're still supporting a league that burned you and that didn't care about you. And two owners, ipso facto, that, that did this to you. So no matter what they offer you, you're still in bed with the devil. What if it's like 10 years from now? And they both have passed on. You knew exactly where I was going on that. I did, and I'm glad yeah. you said it and not me. But hey, yes. I'm, I'm just doing math here. All right. We don't. We, it, I'm just saying. The Reaper comes for us all. I'm yeah, just doing the numbers. Just, yeah. Listen, the the Reaper is undefeated. So Correct. 10 years, 10 ish years from now, both are gone. The Reaper knocked on those doors. Okay. Now, how do you feel about it? Changes a little bit. Probably a new commissioner, too. 
right? Definitely a new commissioner. So that I think I think if all of the the main characters were gone, mm-hmm. Goodell, Cronky, Jerry Jones, whoever else you want to be mad at. Demoff is like Demoff. I don't know. Uh I don't even factor him into this because he's he's in LA doing his thing. I don't even factor him into this because he he won't outlast this was, tenure period. But he was nobody a, does. He was a he puppet. Was a, he was a puppet, but he was a he was a turd. Oh puppet. no, he yeah. he did some terrible things. Terrible. I'm not absolving him. I'm just saying he's not getting a big chunk of the money because if St. Louis has success in the NFL. The owners and the commissioner are getting a piece of the pie. And that's what I'm saying I don't want. I don't want them to get what they ultimately want, which is more money. Demoff is not a part of that equation. Okay, one more scenario, though. Okay. It's 10 to 12 years from now. The Reaper knocks on Jerry Jones's door and Stan Kroenke's door. Do you think they try to pay him off? No. The Reaper? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Reaper don't care. He's like, what am I going to do with money? I... This is what I do. This is what I do. I have one job. I have one. I have one job. (laughs) Demoff, so distraught, decides to work at the cemetery that Kroenke's at, so that he could, you know, watch over Kroenke's tombstone. So he's he's out too. So and that's where he's working. Okay. Okay? Now, how are you feeling? (sighs) Same. So here's the thing. I love St. Louis, and I know that St. Louis, I don't think, I know that St. Louis is the best sports city in America, and they deserve to have an NFL team. And I know there's a lot of passionate football fans in town, and part of me wants that for them. You know, I really do. Like, I see the way that St. Louis shows up for their teams, and I see what happens at the Dome when the Battlehawks are in town, and it it hurts my insides, Anthony. It hurts my soul that the NFL did this to us because we didn't deserve it. The fans never deserved this. And so part of me wants that right to be, or that wrong to be righted. But I keep going back to, even if it's 10 years from now, the league, the the ethos of the league hasn't changed. Regardless of the players, I still think that they're going to be a collection of bad dudes right, and maybe bad enough. women. Fair enough. But, but I do think that time heals all wounds, and if those three were removed from their outposts, It'll give you pause. that St. Louis m- might reconsider. All right, that's Michelle Smallman. I'm Anthony Stalter. What you missed, criticisms, compliments, next in the fast lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey, don't forget, you can get signed up to play right now for this year's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register to participate at 101ESPN.com. Fill out your bracket. Completely free to enter in this year's top score. We'll take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. Find all the contest rules. And again, get signed up to play at 101ESPN.com. It's all brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. Two days from now, we're going to be at Max in downtown Alton for the first round of the NCAA tournament. Thursday and Friday we'll be there. BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2. Fastlane 2 to 6. Got food, beer, plenty of screens to watch. All the first first round madness going to be great. Plus, we're going to have your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Metallica at the Dome on Sunday, November 5th. Again, BK and Ferrario in the Fastlane live this Thursday and Friday 
Max, downtown Alton. If you missed anything from today's show, BT in the first hour talking a lot of Cardinals baseball. Michelle and I had you covered for uh, the entirety of the show with Jamie Rivers out, a lot of blues, some city talk, got some NFL stuff in there as well. Download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, real quick, we get one from Swan. He said, man, what a group of people we have today. Stalter, Michelle, and BT. Plus, I got an 87 on my midterm. What a great day ahead of us. Plus, Drew Homer Hagen is killing it. Yeah, he is. That's what he said. He is. Uh, Swan, thank you. Great stuff. I don't know if I took uh, midterm twice, if I could get an 87, Michelle. Combined. Oof. Think about studying and taking a test right now. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. Madeline's in first grade. She brings home stuff now, and I'm like, I no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I would be like, oh, just give me one second as I Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, my sister is my sister-in-law is a teacher, so I'm like, Karen. Yes. Come over, uh, please. Again, we'll make dinner. Teach my child because I'm a world-class idiot. So, Anthony, you know what they say. Those that can't do, teach, and those that can't teach, talk sports, sports on the radio. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, no, yeah. that's definitely Marsh. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. how we yeah. got here. Yep. Uh, last one here from the 618. Just turned the radio on and loved hearing Michelle, my heart be still. Oh, thank you for that. I love being on with you guys. And I'll, I'll be home for like three weeks in April, so you better believe I'm kicking down the door to the studio to uh, come no, hang out. You don't, well, you don't have to kick down the door. You're invited anytime, Michelle. We love having you on the show. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Okay, sounds great. All right, there you go. Michelle Smallman will be back here in the fast lane tomorrow from 2 to 6. You've got first four action, SEMO. you got the pregame show starting in about five minutes for Andrew Marsh, Michelle Smallman, I'm Anthony Stalter. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.